the film that we are making our illustrious comeback with, because we've been out of this for a month uh, due to, of course, the situation out there and the inability to yeah. see each other vis-a-vis. Because we're on we're quarantine. Up, we're law-abiding citizens. Yeah, the coronavirus has hit pretty hard mm-hmm. where we're at. Um, we're in Dallas-Fort Worth. Not yep. too hard, but enough to get everybody indoors or most people and yes. wearing masks out in public. But I think it's important to kind of note this time and era and why we're talking about the platform in this era. Because during the first few weeks of quarantine, everybody was watching this movie. The platform. It came out in February of 2020. Uh, Actually, it came out in March of last year. Uh, March yes. 20th. On the film circuits and on the film yeah. festival circuits. So that's, when it, so that's why we're talking about it because... It's not, I mean, people will mostly think that this is an Amazon original, which it is because it was bought. I'm sorry, Netflix original. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it wasn't made by the studio. It was actually made independently and they bought it on the circuit. Um, If you're unaware, Netflix has been the biggest buyer of uh, independent movies for like the last three years. I mean, they buy up uh, more movies from Sundance, uh, Toronto International Film Festival, which is where the platform debuted. TIFF. Yeah, TIFF for short. Um, There's a bunch of places that they go to, and they actually spend more money than all the studios combined. So that's where they're getting the originals from. They've got a lot of money to spend. And um, let me get my criticism of Netflix out of the way early on real quick. Uh, uh, Quantity does not equal quality. And for a long time, the Netflix originals, especially... The uh, stuff that was Early. debuting on the platform. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna have to delineate the word platform. What's another word for platform? Yeah, what's well, a, a yeah? It's hard. <laughs> well, the level, <laughs> the level. So the stuff that was premiering on Netflix, I I never really looked forward to. I treated Netflix as kind of like the um, the. The direct to video, direct to video follow up uh, era, and um, for you, you can find your one out of twenty movies or so that's really sticks out and is a gem. But for the most part, they're trying to get as much in front of you as possible so that you can cling to something here and there, here and there, and and they're trying to capture all the variety of audiences that are out there as far as viewership's concerned, and they their way of attacking it is put as much out as completely possible, whether it's from other countries, whether it's from uh, small independent folks, just get as much of it out because we got the money to buy it all up. So we're going to monopolize the content that exists out there well, and make it very difficult for other folks to do. Kind of like what Amazon did with actual physical products yeah. is that we're going to bring everything that we can. So even though half the stuff I, on there is crap. I agree with you. However, it's not a criticism for me. It's actually an applause. Um, I and can it's see that because, too. Yep. you know, as a person that wants to get in the film ministry, um, you know, Netflix has actually made a space for movies that are not going to get greenlighted for the theater. Very so true. So when you're talking about like a 10 to $40 million, you know, romantic comedy or, you know, some movie that isn't a franchise or is not going to bring in $100 million on the first weekend or throughout its life. Netflix is the place to go to, and they're taking all these chances on new independent filmmakers. So, of course, like I would say at least 30% on minimum is going to be crap. And so for them to spend the money to make things. Yeah, but still, like we need this because our society has been dominated by franchises. Like I'm so burnt out on movies I've seen, on remakes, reboots. 
Um, you know, almost nothing original is coming out unless it's on Netflix or A24 or something or Amazon Prime. I, I agree with you. And so I applaud them for this, for actually filling a need, because otherwise we wouldn't have any of these movies. And, um, and we and can plus, have a whole discussion about it's a good, the pros and cons of Netflix. Yeah, it's a good business model, too, because you have to understand that they're going to go up against the content king, which is Disney. Yeah. And since Disney pulled out since last year, they don't have much because Disney's actually will put them on the map when they made that deal with Disney. It made Netflix much more legit. Many more people. The came Marvel on shows were kind of the yeah. next notch Walt on Disney, their belt. For yeah, sure. Star Wars, all these things that they had access to. And now Netflix is scrambling to get as much content on there so you stay when when Disney takes everything off their platform at some point. Yeah, we can really have a whole episode on Netflix. We really uh, could. <laughs> it's, it's interesting because um, maybe it's just the way that I look at things cynically when it comes to big business, but uh, another one of the cons that affects this movie, actually, uh, the platform, the one we'll be discussing here on this episode, uh, one of the cons of Netflix is that I feel... It is killing the cult movie. It is killing the movie that gains a quiet sort of uh, audience that turns it into a long-lasting sort of cult movie that future generations hear about. Because they've got the top 10 deal uh, of the week. So even if you've got this little known... If, if the platform comes out in 2015, it's released on a DVD format and it's only available if you pay like 5.99 or something like that which has its pros and cons in itself but if you do pay the 6 bucks and you do watch it and there's nowhere else to watch it you feel you feel as if you're now responsible for spreading the information about how good this movie is and the pros and cons of that are yeah it we wouldn't have known the platform it's a cult movie if it wasn't you know, if it well, wasn't on Netflix, most I don't people know. We're wouldn't film have been. We're film aficionados. We would have sought this out. There's websites that I look for film festival standouts from, and yeah. I'm like, okay, this is on my radar now just based on the synopsis. We've, we could have come around to it, but how many of those movies were never top 10 trending movie? Yeah, Most of them, true. like 95% of them. Mm-hmm. Like this one out of 100 made it, and I'm glad it did. I love this movie. And I think it came around a time where people were ready for this movie because it directly touches on a lot of things that are going around in our society now that the coronavirus or COVID-19 has has dramatically changed things. You it know, is. It's changed our way of thinking as well. And the platform, I think, was... Just the right time. It, it's all about timing, I think, right? This is, well, this particular movie, you're right. It is all about timing. But this style of movie and the tone and the themes of this movie, they've been coming, they've been portrayed in films for quite some time. But this is the one that I put above all of those, like the Snowpiercer types, uh, Get Out. This is Snowpiercer. Uh, let me let me take Get Out of the of the way because I think Snowpiercer is the easier direct comparison to what this is all about. Mm-hmm. This is Snowpiercer on a vertical, <laughs> yeah. in, in vertical form rather than uh, horizontal on a train going yeah. from carriage to carriage. And this, they're not eating roaches and stuff. They're not, but you can <laughs> yeah you can do so much with this, with this subject material. It's uh, it's insane because it's so juicy and there's there's so much content there. So, yeah, uh, should we start with a, a brief synopsis of, of what the movie yeah, is about? Yeah, I mean, the the platform is about basically this uh, jail kind of system that's concrete. I, at least, it's got to be at least 
like four to six feet thick, right? I'm guessing something that could withstand. I mean, this thing is just concrete. It's like being in a parking garage with just one, just like a one room. Yes. Right. With a big square hole in the middle. And this platform comes down every uh, once a day and you get about two two minutes. minutes, You get to eat as much as you can off that platform and it keeps descending on down. The problem is, is that there's all these levels and by the time it gets down, you know, to the lower levels past 100, 150, there's nothing left. Nothing left at all because there are two people per level, per number, Mm -hmm. and the numbers, uh, part of the beauty of this movie is that you don't know how ugly it is until somebody is willing to actually check out how ugly it is at the very bottom level. So the uh, main protagonist, Barang, uh, Gorang, yeah. Gorang, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Who is uh, the actor uh, name? I wrote it down um, just because uh, his name is Ivan Massage or Massage, okay. Massage, something like that. I don't know him too well. Um, the last thing I he's got he's been in a bunch of movies and TV shows and things, mostly in Spain. Yeah. Um, I think the one movie you would probably remember him from is Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, okay. Uh, he played the guy that was getting tortured uh, by the hammer. Um, I don't know if you remember that scene. I haven't seen the movie in four or five. Yeah, years. Yeah, he's like a rebel guy, like the son of the rabbit eater, the guys that were hunting rabbits or something like that, mm. and he gets messed up in that movie. So, um, that's probably the one that I remembered him from. But yes, that's Gorang. He. He goes into this voluntarily. Yes, that's what's weird about it. for six months. Yes, and remember the uh, we didn't say this, but every month they're changing. Every thirty days they're changing what level you're on. That's so, the catch. Yes, Th- that's the difference uh, between a movie like this and something like Cube, where everybody starts off in the same place, and it's their job the to figure out what's going on. That's a great movie, and that's another good comparison to this. Um, yeah, this is like Snowpiercer meets Cube. Yeah, I, I think what, um, what I would compare this to the Cube a lot because it gave me the, a lot of the same feelings when I first watched. The now the Cube happened exactly how you wanted it to, where I just came across it as a movie and I had watched everything, and Different then I was era. like, "What is this?" And I yeah. started telling everybody about it. But the feel of it is like uh, the way it was filmed. Right, the Cube was filmed in one room, and they just changed the colors and all that kind of deal. And uh, the the script lent itself to that the situation. Right. Yeah. Because it's a cube within a bunch of cubes, and in this one you have this one gel cell or basically one room, and it's above and below. So I think they just built one set and they just dressed it differently every time they had to move it. I mean, it's a perfect way to film an indie flick, and I love that. Yeah, and it was still able to give you this atmosphere of you don't know what's going on, this dread. It's completely you don't believable. Know, you don't know how big the world is. You don't know if yes. there's multiples of this, which I'll get into because I'm on uh, the third viewing of this now. I've seen it three times, and I, I have caught on to some things. This is one of those movies that I'm obsessed with, and these don't come along very often for me. I would say the last one that I've truly just been completely captivated by was probably Snowpiercer uh and this is a very similar movie to that before that though it's the Matrix trilogy and stuff like that things that I'm willing to pick apart detail by detail doesn't come along very frequently for me in movies uh to where I want to watch them for a long period of time maybe Contagion too but uh (laughs) for different reasons 
but the platform, there's so much to digest. Aha, another, I, I knew the puns were going to be. That's another thing. So um, the first time I watched the opening this, scene. I had texted Sasha, hey, I'm about to watch this. I'm about to eat some lunch. And he texted me back. Don't. You have no idea, bro. Don't. <laughs> and I was like, I had a, by the time I got your text back, I had already started watching and eating. And I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> like, it's okay because uh, the first half of this movie is, is somewhat tame. Um, yeah. somewhat tame until yeah. things get kicked into high gear. Uh, let's start from the beginning with this because, yeah, the synopsis is uh, depend. There's Grings. multiple stories yeah. of people and how they got into this jail-like, uh, prison-like situation. Garang. But the main protagonist is Garang, who's uh, a smoker, Don Quixote-like guy who volunteers for this six-month program because he wants to get an accredited diploma. Yeah. In what, though? In what, we don't know. There's a lot of ambiguity as well. And and can you get this? He joins because he wanted to quit smoking. For six months, he joins, and he'll get the diploma. And he has no idea. It's an easy way to go cold turkey when you think about it. It's like, if you want to go cold turkey Easy smoking, way? I think there's easier ways. Well, he ways. didn't know how easy it was going to be. Cause, uh, and, and let's not forget the fact that the man very much looks like Don Quixote. He does. And he takes in a book. You get to take one thing in. Every, anything. Every person who volunteers or does not volunteer is offered the ability to bring one item in. And, uh, and it could be anything. And it can be anything you want, as we'll find out later. Some people brought some really strange stuff. Some people the, brought some useful stuff. Uh, yeah. He brings in Don the Quixote. Don Quixote book um, from... Which is arguably probably the biggest book that Spain ever produced. Probably. Yeah. Possibly. Or, arguably. I, we'd probably have to do our due diligence yeah. on that. But, but yeah, I, I would agree. I would also uh, put out there that Garang was specifically made to be Don Quixote. Because he looks that like is, him too. Yeah, but like he his his... Voyage is very much like Don Quixote. Yes. The way he descends basically into madness. Wow. Um, interesting, end, you, you know? interesting you mentioned that because I'm a big uh, Dante Alighieri fan, and uh, mm. this reminded me a lot of the uh, Dante's Inferno, the Divine Comedy, and mm-hmm. the being walked through the levels of hell. Nine. and uh, <laughs> Yeah. And uh, seeing the different environments and what it's like and how... Hell punishes different sorts of people for their actions while on Earth. Uh, well, the different ways, depending on their sins yes. of their past life. And it doesn't really go into that full mode, but it certainly, it, it's it's such a, there, there's so much comparison to so many different things in this movie that uh, you can have so many conversations on it. And mm-hmm. that's why we, we had to do this one, because... Also, I do have to put this out there, quick side note. This movie is in Spanish. Yes. It was made in Spain. Do not watch it dubbed. If you are a person that watches it dubbed over the original, turn, turn like just off. subtitle. Unfollow us. We, yeah, we don't I, really. I can't be your friend, man. Nah. Just read the subtitles and get the real acting, the real voices. Yes. And, and and no offense to the people that do dubs for their li- for their living and all that. Trust me, I watched a lot of Kung, Kung Flu fi- flicks when I was younger. All that. I get it. Yeah. But please... If you have the ability, watch this in English subtitles and Spanish original, like speaking. Okay, because you're gonna ruin the feel. I think. Oh it, yeah, it's just not the same. No, and trust me, that's a, there's a reason why Jackie Chan does his own dubs in almost every language. He just does it because that's who he he wants his real voice, his real acting. Even though it's not as necessary as something like 
this kind of movie that relies heavily on the acting. It relies heavily on the characters because the sets and all that it's don't change. Yeah, it's uh, cement yeah. walls and uh, very, very little lighting. It's a very gray movie. It's a very dark movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the blood splatter that you see is dark blood. It's not. It's not well lit. It's not vibrant red. It's a very gloomy film, deservedly so because the situation is gloomy. So uh, the opening scene of this movie is you're introduced to a large constituency of chefs and cooks that are being ordered by the head chef, you would presume, to make all of these varieties of beautiful-looking foods and dishes. And uh, you don't know why they're doing all of this yet, but uh, they seem to be just a well-oiled machine that does this on a routine basis. I didn't know much about the movie coming in other than it was called The Platform, which... Actually, in the Spanish titling, it's called... Uh, the Hole, I the, think. The Hole, the La Hoya, uh, Hoyo. Yeah, Hoyo, that's it, because he says it in the movie a couple of times. Yeah, by the way, guys, even though I'm, even though I'm you're part Hispanic, Hispanic... You're not going to help out here with I'm the pronunciation. Very bad. <laughs> I only know certain Spanish, but like when it gets into like Spain Spanish, it's a little bit different, man. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I'm not fluent at all, by the way. I only know words and all that, but I'm not going to help you out, bro. <laughs> so you have no idea what's going on with with all of this food but very quickly we learn because then we're introduced to our main protagonist which is uh garang and he is uh waking up in this environment that he has volunteered and his first cellmate of the month is an older gentleman by the name of tramagasi tramagasi and Uh, tramagasi sorry and you would assume that's his last name, and we don't know. We don't ever get a first or last name, but he is portrayed by the actor Zorian Equilian Equiliar. And honestly, I don't know anything he's been in because it's, okay. it's all. But here's a couple. He just of reminds them. you of the the evil old man who has sinister plans yeah, for you, I guess. But you know, he's got a warmth in his eyes. He could be a grandpa, and uh, he was in this movie called Picadero in, in 2015. Uh, T X Araboda 15. In 2015, and Alaba Zingsoa in, in 2013. So, so anyone willing that wanting to check more of yeah. him out, and he's a pretty good actor. A lot for, of TV from what credits. I saw. Yeah. From what I saw here uh, in this movie, he's a guy who played his part very well, and uh, yeah. I would I would say a very essential part of the story progressing because he's he's there for the whole movie as well, and we'll get to to why that is. Yeah, later on. There's um, I, I'm gonna have to say too for this whole cast. Even though they're very impressive, um, they've had a couple of movies, some of them, uh, but most of it is actually TV and short film work. Yeah, that Almost makes the sense. celebrity or the people that are working on this, even the director, um, including the writer. Well, this so, is his debut, right? It, sort of, yeah. I mean, he's had everything he's done before this. The director's name is uh, Galder Gatsalu Uritia. And uh, he's done nothing but shorts. He You're did. really bringing out that Spanish enunciation yeah, there. thanks, hey, man. Good that job. Was, that was bad, Mr. Bro. Garcia, good, way to go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he did a short called 913 in 2004, La Casa del Lago in 2011. And that's pretty much it. I think he did one more short. Um, but yeah, even the, the writer who's 
actually it's uh, David uh, DeSola and Pedro Rivero. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they were the guys that were in the, the I bathtub. Say, uh-huh, like I know them. Yeah, yeah they might have been. The I think guys they were the, the two guys in the Spoiler little alerts. bathtub that were naked. And somebody somebody brought a, an inflatable bathtub. Was there one? Yeah, <laughs> I saw a surfboard on one. I saw a surfboard on one of the levels. Uh, that was an interesting choice. Yeah. So, what would you bring? Knowing oh, knowing everything man. about the platform, or, or actually no, try to try to remove everything you know about the platform. And if you were told you're going to spend time, you're you're going to go to this prison like environment for six months, which oddly enough, uh, we are so- similarly going through this solitary confinement era in our uh, real lives right now. But you only had one item that you could spend the bulk of your time with. Man, you know what, dude? It's weird because. I would be if I didn't know anything. Yeah. I probably would have been Weaponry. like Goreng. No, I probably would have been like oh, him and brought a book, something to entertain to you. spend my time. Mm-hmm. But if I would have known how it was going to be, it's going to be like a samurai Weaponry. sword. It's going to be something it, to interesting, like help. right? Because the characters in this movie, uh, the main ones at least, I think there is a semblance of their personality in the item that they brought for sure. Oh uh, yeah. Go- it tells you everything about the person really. Absolutely. In one second, you know, and I love that. I loved finding out what people's items were that they brought. And once you get onto that notion and Garang didn't really just bring Don Quixote because he likes to read and he wants to read. He brought it in because that's who he is. He's the uh, pacifist guy who, Right off the bat, once he learns about what's really going on, which Trimagasi turns him on to very early as well, because within 10 minutes, you see the the platform of food make it down to them. They open up on level 48. so Which is a good level. Which is a good level, but it's not that great of a level. Once you see what they have to to eat and to pick from, it's the leftovers of 90 plus other people because there's two people per level and it's made it through 47. So what you get is inevitably the scraps, the leftovers and the stuff that people, the bottom of the wine bottle. uh, Oh, trust me. I feel that going to the grocery store today. Yep. You start seeing the products that nobody wants. But not even that. I was just starting to realize like nobody buys this. Yes. Why why don't grocery stores be like, okay, let's take account where people are not buying even in a crisis. I think think you just gave every marketing and buyer uh, for every major grocery chain the logic deduction of what they should be doing. Right yeah, their time, dude. I went to the. Like, What's the point? The why, why do you want the the almond butter jiff uh, if it's sitting, you know, ten ten deep on the aisle? Even though I do like almond butter. Yeah, that's all good. I, I went there for pasta, bro, and all the <laughs> pasta was gone except for the red lentil pasta and i was like and it's funny because i had just Mm. bought that or my wife had bought it just to try it out just to try something new and it was the worst pasta ever so when i went to the grocery store that was the only pasta left i didn't even buy it i just kept walking i was like i'll i'll figure something out so you're saying that when it comes to food the general population does have some merit to what is good and what is not i think so yeah i just don't understand why because in this movie the top level's Eat the dessert. I they noticed, don't care. Well, I noticed that the cakes were always gone when they made it down to like the, even the 30s or the 40s. The desserts <laughs> and the sweets, they were always gone. Oh, man. I, you know, I would, I would try to like you think that you would react a certain way if you were in there. I mm-hmm. like to think of myself a certain way. I like to think of myself as Goreng. 
And I think most people like to think of themselves that way, or at least sure. the people that are watching this movie no- or wanted to, the right? The noble folks, the the people who think they have some merit of ethics uh, within their yeah. fabric of their being. Yeah, and and this is where I think it challenges us. Um, and I really like that about this movie, like. Trimagasi, right? There's actually no real villains or real heroes in this movie. Uh, the administración, I would say, is the villain. Sorry, yes, that was my I, best. Yeah, I guess you're right, but I'm it. talking about like actual characters, right? Like everybody in this is super flawed, and they think that they know how to survive, and they justify it to themselves, including Goreng. Correct. And that's what I like about it is that, you know, you think you're going to be Goreng, and even Goreng thinks he's going to be him in the end, but he's totally not. And Trimagasi almost in a point where he has a point where he was trying to be civilized when they went to, when they woke up in, what was it, 202 or something? No. 212. Uh, was it 212? I, I, didn't, I didn't write it down. It's yeah. definitely in 202 the early was 200s. when the lady gets in with him and she hangs herself. Yeah, That's yes. 202 because she didn't realize it went past it a went certain p- point. Uh, that was 252. 252. Yes. Okay. I get mixed up with the numbers. You're going to have to excuse it. Go it's back okay. and watch the movies. But they were past 200, which the means are you're getting important. zero. Yes. Well, the I think the sim. The, the symbolism oh, yeah. of it, like you know, there's 333 bottoms levels. Out at 333, two people that means per 66, six, two people, yeah. six, six. Yeah, there's a lot of. Uh, this is where the director of the film, the writer slash director, he can flex a little bit of his like chops to what he wanted to say specifically, mm-hmm. and you can see. In the same way that you see a lot of the personalities of the characters, you see a lot of the personality of the director when it comes to the style of this movie and how multi-layered it is because I can tell you the the director's probably a religious guy. He's probably a very uh, puts a lot of investment in doing the right things and trying to figure out all of the the variability of, of choice making when it comes to a difficult decision to be in. And he... Got it all out in this movie. He was able... This is one of those movies that I wish I could write out in a script form and bring to reality because it it talks about a a subject, obviously we're here talking about it, that I really want to discuss and it's important. Um, Similarly, Parasite, which is going to be a future episode of ours, it's in that same vein. It's rich versus poor. It's opportunity versus... uh, uh, non yeah, but what I like about both of these so movies is that rich versus poor, capital capitalism versus communism, um, all these different tropes that you see in these movies. Yeah, the thing is, what I like is that they're not preaching on what's right. See, in this movie, right, you could you could say, oh, this is about capitalism and how it doesn't work, but in the end of this movie. Nothing works. Even when they try to we, be, we disagree on that. But we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get, get to, we'll, we'll get, get to, to the ending because, because that's the most controversial part of this movie. Is yeah. the ending? I watched it with my wife on the second viewing, and she loved the movie, hated the ending. I love I the movie. The, I love the ending. Finish. You love the the, the ending, ending for was a different the best reason. part. Yeah, for a different reason than I I liked it. Well, I, we'll, I see. we'll yeah, see. We'll see. We'll, but we'll what leave I'm trying to say, uncovered. Um, what I like is that they're not over preaching their message. They're just giving you a question that you yourself has to answer. And what I loved about what the director said, this is yeah. why I wanted to go through what he was saying on his interview. And I, I found it very insightful and it made me like the movie even more. He said, this movie isn't here to change the world. This movie is here to change oneself. Mm-hmm. What would you do if what you have is not even enough for oneself? Because 
he's criticizing us. He's not exactly criticizing capitalism or even communism. One of the things he said, that's We're why the I ones get who that. make the thing go. Well, so yes, we do deserve the criticism. I think what, uh, because in the interview, he was talking about even in capitalism or even in communism, right? Or even in their socialists, right? That's what they become at a certain point. They become this socialist society and they try to give out all the food and they realize even when they do that, they still Doesn't don't work. have enough food. And that's what he was trying to get at is that if there was an easy answer, because capitalism is not, ex- it works, but it doesn't work, right? Mm-hmm. If we found a better system than that, or if there was an easier answer to this, we would have answered it already. And what he's trying to say is that there is no easy answer to this. Everything is going to end up at a certain point at the lowest point. And I love that he said that because really that's where we're at. We really don't know. We think we know that there's a better system and we could try it, but that doesn't well, necessarily mean it's going to work. There's the X factor. You have to try it in order to see if it is a better option. And that's what, in a weird way, you said there were no uh, antagonists. There's no villain. And I said the administration is. Uh, the administration, by the way, you never get to see them. They're basically the folks that run the place and have set this remember, all up. It's a social experiment. Correct. They're trying to but spark what is it an experiment something. for? Are they trying to actually figure out a system that works or are they trying to access information that lets them know what does work so that they can thwart it from occurring well, in I, the outside world because characters actually discuss the possibility of that being the case here. But that's why I'm saying is that them, right? If, if the administration, they're doing it for one or two of the reasons or that we can conceive, right? Yeah. Either they're trying to figure out two, how say. to change the world. Either they're in good this, guys or bad guys. In this Hadron Collider-esque type experiment. Yep. Or they're trying to figure out what's the breaking point so we can make sure we don't get there. Yep. Either one of those, right? It could be looked at as villainous or somewhat of a villain hero, you know? Uh, yes. It could be like Thanos. Like, how are we going to uh, move on? This is how we move on by killing, justifying and killing these people or but we're the trying fa- to keep it from happening. Yes, I agree with you if uh, if we're looking at it through the lens of like a Thanos-like context. But we, in the, for the sake of this movie, we never get to see who the administration is. No. Uh, we never, all we know is that they've set up this this system that is very rigid and very rule-driven because there are rules introduced into this, like you can't keep the food yeah. uh, outside of the platform. Yeah. Uh, once the Garang learns this very early, he tries to sneak an apple the first time that he uh, is introduced to the platform, and then the temperature in the room goes through the roof and goes very high. I haven't figured out why it goes high, hot or cold uh, versus cold yet, but that's some of the levels of the intricacies that I'm looking forward to in future viewings figuring out uh so he takes the apple and then the temperature in the room goes through the roof and then trimagasi tells him we'll burn up to death and he says why uh he says because you took an apple and there's that's one of the rules here so the the rules are you well these are the rules that trimagasi introduces that add the the layers of mythos mythos and uh, philosophy yeah. to to the whole. But remember, the whole he's deal. selling information at a certain point, and he stops giving him information. But he's a sixty-five-year-old who's been there longer than him and thinks he has the system figured out more. Because, like you said, everybody thinks they have the right answers for how to endure through this and how to go through the process. He's not wrong, though. He's not for him. But that's what I'm trying to say: is that 
are any ways to survive really wrong if you survived? <laughs> like at this point in that yes, place, it's, because of what the effect that you have oh, on your cellmate yes. or on the others involved, because Trimagasi very early says, don't speak to the people below when Garang, who is the altruistic sort of Don Quixote like guy is instantly trying to communicate with the people below to come up with a system to where this is easier to handle. He steered away from that by the person who does not share his same sentiment. And that is where... Are you sure, though? Because he ends up adopting Trimagasi's, uh, a lot of his rules, because even they that find is, that they work. Even that is dissectable to so deeply, because he spends a month with this guy. So if you spent a month with a guy like Trimagasi, you would be affected by a guy like Trimagasi. It doesn't necessarily mean that... It, Maybe I'm looking too deep into it when I say that, but it doesn't mean that Trimagasi's right at all. It just means that Garang is being influenced by He's his cellmate. He's not wrong, though. He did survive. He would have survived the way it happened because when they get to the lower cells, mm-hmm. Garang finds himself tied up after a month of living. And even before they go to sleep on the 30th day, after Trimagasi the first- tells them, I've grown very fond of you. And, you know, <laughs> this, this, I think he's really saying the truth and he's scared. I think he's actually scared of Garang because he's younger. So when by the time Garang wakes up, he's in a different uh, level. He's tied down for him and his own sake because he's like, I'm just going to take a little sliver of you after a couple of weeks. He he's clearly done this before. Well, I think he's trying to keep him alive because he's probably eaten the last guy or killed him because there's nobody in the room with well, him. Right? Important you note have to there. Assume. Yes, you you have to assume that. Something happened to his previous cellmate because... Many times, because he knows everything. Yeah, and Garang is inserted as the new cellmate here. And uh, in order for that to happen, you either... The opening quote. We can't miss the opening quote of this movie. uh, Or the opening quote... Yeah, it is of the movie. The three types of people. There's the people above, the people below, and the people that fall. Yes. So... But here's the thing. That's why I'm saying is that Trimagasi is actually not wrong. I'm not saying he's right, but he's not wrong. No, he's not wrong. It's a way to survive. And actually, it's probably the most civilized thing he could have tried to do for liking somebody. So I get where he's coming from because you can't survive 30 days without food. It's just, you just can't. And both Here's of them either would have died. saying, you can drink water for 30 days. It's not easy. I, I've fasted for 10 to 15. I've never pushed it to 30, but I have gone on liquid fast. Granted, they weren't water fast. Yeah, but you need some something because you need electrolytes. You, you can't, you need something after, you will starve to death. You know, so that's why I'm trying to say is that maybe towards the end of the 30 days, a younger more powerful guy has the advantage has the advantage and that's why he decided to tie him down because he liked him and he's like i'm just gonna take a little bit off you i'll take care of your runes as much as he I can. says but this seven is- days i can fast it's tolerable yeah uh, but after that it's gonna be it's gonna be tough sledding and he keeps to what he said he takes off little slivers it wasn't until uh we haven't even gotten to this no, character it, Miharu, Miharu, yeah which i i I really love her character. I love which, all the characters in this movie. Me too. I like Trimagasi. Even the minor like, characters. But um, and like I said, with Trimagasi, you can almost see that as like, I guess, in our generation, it would be kind of like the boom, uh, the baby boomers trying to tell us, yes. this is how you get through yeah, it, right? This is how you live your life and uh, take a little look sacrifice. At, look at us. We've endured and we've yeah. made it and we live in Stop identical- eating that avocado toast and you can buy a house type of day, yeah. thing, right? So it's like kind of like this- you have the older generation saying, I've been here longer than you. I know how to survive. I'm still here. And this is for your own good. 
And then you have somebody, the, Garang, who's ready to say, "I think, I think my way of handling this could work out better. I just need, but Trimagasi's, I don't know what's going on. He's maybe. not willing to risk his life for that. Yeah, and that, and to, to be honest, you know, he's two maybe months he's, away from 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 exiting. I think one month away. That was that was his last. Uh, this this one after that would have been his last. The month. darker level, yes. So, but let's go back to the level forty-eight real quick. Uh, they they because this is where we're introduced to Maharu is in the middle of uh, one of their sessions the the noise comes on that indicates mm-hmm. their platforms approaching and down comes this uh, Asian uh, looking younger woman I want to say in her mid 20s Spanish looking I guess she's she speaks Spanish so that's true. Um, her name is the the actress's name is actually Alexandra Massengay Massengay okay. sorry uh, she's been in a couple of TV. That's it. It's 1898, Our Last Man in the Philippines in 2016. There you go. Dreamland in 2014. She's Filipino. She's more more than likely like Filipino, but I'm guessing she was born in Spain. Okay. Lots of Spanish. Um, I guess Filipinos speak Spanish sometimes, you know, or I'm not too much familiar with the culture, so I can't really yeah. speak on their behalf. But I did like her... I liked her character because she's so mysterious at first. You know, you're yeah. Like, her introduction, she she comes down riding on the platform in the middle. Up until this point, you really don't know that you can do that. Yeah. Um, but then Trimagasi, uh, once she leaves, Garang asks her, "What was that all about?" And Trimagasi explains, "People are free to." try to go do whatever they want really uh in in the physical sense they can they can jump down to the next level and risk you know breaking a bone they can ride the platform down if they want but it gets ugly the further down you go of course and they can climb up and they can climb up or try to as we find out later uh you can really do whatever you want within the confines of this this solitary uh situation and this girl is trying to go level to level on a daily or bi-daily basis um, to find her kid monthly i think because monthly, they see month. her once a month because when you fall you ain't gonna come back up and i've had so many speculations about her character because in the beginning uh he, uh uh trimagasi is trying to tell him oh she's looking for her daughter yeah and, he, and then um somebody tells him oh, oh no the lady Son. that's uh, that stays with him later no it's actually a daughter he says is looking for his, her uh her daughter but later on, they find. I mean, sorry, yeah, son. It is son. Sorry, it's son, and then it becomes later, a daughter. It, yeah, later they figure out yeah. it's a daughter, and so I, I find I really think that that's a beautiful sentiment. But was she really looking for her we, son? We don't know yet. I think she probably found that kid and brought her down there. And when she rides down, she makes sure there's enough food for her. Or that, maybe you're that onto something, Philip, and maybe she's just trying to get back down to that person that she knows is down there and can't take care of themselves. So it's, she's like a maternal like character. Yeah. And then the gossip and the rumors of what she's trying to do have turned into that. I think you That's hit the I nail think. on the head. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's no way she would have gotten pregnant given no. birth in there without them knowing. It's impossible. She, that, Even that, there is sexual activity going oh, on. Oh, for sure. We'll see from the the later on. Yeah, the weird couple Rape on level and, five. Yeah, but yeah. So the fact that the daughter's in there, the, I want to know how did the kid get there? Because obviously the kid's been there, right? So either the the uh, powers that be, the administration, put her there, or she was born. She in, was born in there. But mm-hmm. I don't think Mihara was, that's not her kid. It, it, no. I mean, you would think it is because she's Asian looking. Maybe it's supposed to be. Yeah. But you really start thinking that she knew where she was. 
and that she was bringing food down to her once or a month or to. trying to. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why she wrote it down, not because she was looking for. Um, well, there's even more merit because uh, I don't know that the the child. Ah, oh man, we're jumping so far ahead, but it's okay. The child that they find was by themselves on that level. So we don't yes. know if that child has literally just been kept there on level 332 or 333 for all time. And maybe that's a, a symbolic of the way that we do bring in children in this world for the most part, unless you're born into privilege. Yeah. Uh, the, the child is your responsibility to take care of and to bring as high to the highest level as possible as you can. That's your that's your duty as a parent, I think. As soon as you go into the the decision of make of having a child and the fact that you know you're going to have a child, that's the light switch that should go on instantly is that it's no longer about you. This goes back to the interstellar quote. Once we have children, we're uh, we're me- uh, we're memories. Uh, our job is creating memories for our children to live. Yeah. Through into or ghost of a memory, I think that's what he said, something like that. Yeah, uh, Interstellar eludes me right now. Yeah, but, but uh, the fact that she, the kid is by herself, she's about six, maybe five, six years. I'm very old. bad with ages and kids. I, I would <laughs> assume she's five or six. Um, the fact that she's by herself makes a lot of sense because obviously, if she woke up with uh, with someone and it was this depraved of a scenario she didn't kill her cellmate uh the little 5 year old that's or another like question that. where's the cellmate i don't if think everybody she has, has one has i two. think i think the administration keeps the kid there as part of a maybe experiment? it's part of the experiment but uh the bigger question for me is has maharu made it down there enough times because the kid is still alive I think so. And healthy. So she's obviously made it down to a certain uh, amount of times to where the kid can healthily live. All right. So, yeah, that's that's an interesting little side story going on in the film. But it's necessary because um, when they first meet Maharu, he tries he attempts to try to help her. Yeah. But she gets scared. She's like, no. And I think she feels like he's not there to hurt her. And because she's already seen enough. Mm-hmm. So later on, when he's being eaten by Trimagasi, she's coming down she on the platform and kills Returns him. Returns the favor. Yeah. I mean, it's not really even a favor. It's it was just almost a favor. kindness. Yeah. Like, but how did he help her in the beginning? He just reached out to her to try to help. But that, that, in I guess a that place was like that, in a place like that, it was She knew enough. he was good. That's why. Because keep in mind, she's been doing this for months and she has physical scarring from it. She has yeah. emotional trauma from it. If we are to believe the story that the uh, few, uh, the next character we're introduced to, uh, Imagiri, says about uh, yeah. Maharu, sorry, um, the names in this movie are very difficult to remember. They're very, uh, they're very specific, very because specific and and uh, unorthodox character names. I think it's um, from what I read. A lot of these names are Malaysian, okay. and uh, like say Goreng is actually uh, very close to the word fried in yeah. Malaysian. And so they're all food based too. Kind of. Wait a second, because Trimagasi Baharat means, is a spice. It's a spice, correct. and he's later on. Okay, so I think the director levels... means thank you, though. I think that's what I read somewhere. That's okay. That's still um, food related. It could be, I guess. They're all food related. They probably are. So, um, but Imaguri, uh, the lady that is in the next uh, level, when he wakes up after he eats Trimagasi, basically, because he doesn't want to eat him at first. 
Um, he he takes little bites yeah. of him afterwards to survive. There's on no like way day, he could. On day fifteen, Trimagasi uh, tries own, to owns him. up to it, and let's let's mention his his one item. Oh yeah, because he's the got a little side plus. story of himself. Samurai plus, samurai plus. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. His whole side story is that he was watching an infomercial about this. Uh, nice. knife that when you cut with it, it uh, just cuts through anything. Cuts through anything, and then the Samurai Max. Yeah, Samurai Max. And then he, <laughs> after he buys it and spends all this money, the next infomercial comes on and says, "The Samurai Plus. It sharpens as you as you cut." And he got so mad. He threw his TV out the window and it landed on an illegal immigrant. So that's how he goes about justifying that he doesn't deserve to be there because that mm. illegal immigrant shouldn't have been there anyways. And that shows you everything you need to know about Trimagasi's uh, reaction to capitalism and to the world that he was in prior to this, which is going to bleed into his reactions within the the platform world itself as well. He he got so angry. It was the little things is what he says, the small things, the small details that pushed me over the edge and i threw my television out the window because i just bought this knife and then as soon as i got it the new knife came out and this is this is what we go through on a yearly basis with rollouts of technology televisions i yeah iphones all this stuff but people seem complacent numb to it and not necessarily angry because there is a return and uh the return is that you get a a luxury you get a luxury item and you get this semblance of um authority or high level status you feel like you're on one of these higher levels of the platform when you have one of these goods at your disposal that you can refresh on a yearly yeah. basis, it makes you feel superior. In well, you're only there for ways. a month before you go down back to level 48 with all the other iPhone That's 10s. why I love this movie, <laughs> because this movie is not like uh, society out there. If somebody has a cushy job and they don't do anything at, at work and they make six figures... They can sustain that for the duration. They never have to go to the lower levels and see what life is like down there if they don't want to. This is why this movie speaks to our generation more than I think other generations. We're, in the middle. we're smack dab in the middle, and we could go either way. We can go up. We can go down. We can stay right where we're at. We know how to stay right where we're at. We're, we know how to make it through a month on paycheck to paycheck. We know how to make it through a month. Uh, we've had the months where we've had more money in our bank account than ever before, and then we have to be frugal and we have to think about where we're spending it. We've also spent money on items that maybe weren't necessarily needed. And I, I'm throwing the word money out a lot, but you can substitute the food in in this film for a Just variety resources. of things. Anything, resources, resources information, air, water. Air. Uh, whatever knowledge in intuition yeah it's it's endless and that's why this well, this movie is i feel like knowledge is probably the one thing because that one's been busted open i think what do you mean? most people have access to some sort of education in america but what you is. do with it so if you're on level one and you have a platform full of knowledge do you just soak it all up and leave none for the people below well that's what most people do with all the resources in America. That's that's the system in place, right? Capitalism yep. is top guys get everything top more than bottom. they need. Yep. The bottom dwellers get nothing, if anything, and they should be lucky enough to get that. Um, and that's kind of it's a beautiful it's a social movie. construct. It's there, but it's not over preachy because you get you get uh, the lesson second. out of it. You get that 
There's not enough resources for anything for everybody. Regardless of what system you put in place, there's not going to be enough for everybody because they lied to them. Because the immigrant chick, right, when she gets in there and she brings a she wiener dog. She used to work for the admin, yeah, she, administration. She's actually the one that signs up him. And she actually got to choose her roommate. And she I love chose those him. Scenes. I right? love those scenes. I know. She, yeah, she, she gets the special privilege of being able Choosing. to choose. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she chose him because nobody else has chosen a book, right? Everybody else has chosen something else. So she probably knew that she was going to have a higher success ratio. With somebody like him. Yeah. And you see when she goes in there, she's trying to uh, tell the people below her, fix two plates, I fixed two plates for you, and if we keep she doing this. She has a this, plan. Because mm-hmm. her plan is erroneous because it's, it's based off of erroneous information. It's sensible. But she thinks that there's enough calories levels. for everybody there. Mm-hmm. And she, they calculated that. What they, she didn't know is that there's many more levels that she didn't know about. So there literally is not enough resources for, her for everybody, no matter what. Well, for her like, plan. Not even so. Like, they, they had enough for, like, what? May, if they did her plan up to 200, but there's 333. Even if they rationed out, like, one portion, it wouldn't be enough, I think. The numbers dwindle down, and this is uh, where I get really just pure theoretical with this film, uh, because after they make it past, like, the 250 threshold, they just keep uh, him and Baharat, who we'll introduce later. There's so many... You could spend an episode of the film room on each character's uh, relationship with Garang in this film. It, there's so much there. This could be a four-hour episode. I'm not saying it will They're be. actually a, a type of peoples. Each person yes. represents a type of peoples in, in our society. society. Yeah, absolutely. This is... This is why I love this movie so much. I do think it is a modern classic. I think it will evolve. I don't say that lightly either. I don't throw that word around as often as I used to in the 90s when I was like watching The Rock and I'm like, this shit is a classic. (laughs) I'm still very leery of classic because classic, I think, means only like a certain 10 movie pantheon for me. Here's the scary. I, I, I agree with you. But the scary thing about this movie is that in 20 years... If nothing changes, it is still poignant and still pertinent. And somebody watching it in 20 years will watch it and say, wow, this is just the the then 30-year-old who's in our shoes will say, holy cow, this is talking about my world that I'm living in in 2020. How did they know that the, that's the... And we'll be Trimagasi to those young kids. Be like, what? That's the Who deception <laughs> of a movie that is timeless because I don't want movies to be timeless necessarily unless they're just timeless for good sentimental reasons i don't want movies like this to be timeless i don't want the matrix to be timeless because if the matrix is timeless it means that we haven't figured out how to defeat the matrix so this is why i love this movie and i think it is a modern classic but it has to be a classic for a very short period of time unfortunately i i i think you're wrong i think it's going to be some a staple for a while for kids to come just because unless we figure out a way well, to see, make it work you're on immigrant side where you think that spontaneous uh no, what is no, it called no. spontaneous spontaneous uh reactions or spontaneous no. uh, it's a word she uses spon- spontaneous spontaneous it. solidarity is what they're trying to spark in this experiment at least that's what she's thinking so she's trying to spark that and what i love is what garang has been there long enough to understand that I can't shit upwards because she she's trying to get them to do. And he's like, listen, guys, if you don't do what she says, I'm going to shit on That's everything. His threat. Yeah. And he threats, I'm going to piss and shit on everything that you eat. So then they start doing it. He says, the problem is all the people above us. I can't shit upwards. Mm-hmm. That's the real truth. And when you get up there, you, you're, you're so comfortable. You're so 
fine with what everything's going on. You just don't care about being down there anymore. And that's what I think happens when we were talking about like certain villains, like maybe somebody you might see as a villain like Jeff Bezos or something, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think he started there. I bet you he was just like us in level 100, 150. But when he got to level one, he was like, yeah, you know, and that's what happens. That's that's why I like this movie because psychologically, you want to be Garang, mm-hmm. but how would you really be in there? Like after you barely got through scraping, what would with your, your plan life? be? Yeah, I mean, not even plan because plans go out the window. Garang, everybody goes in there with the plan, right, to survive. Even Imaguri went in there; she had her dog. Things come at you differently. The plan goes out the window once you're faced with real threats. Well, here's another layer of that film, and I don't disagree with you at all, but uh, these characters have a month to spend in each of these levels, mm-hmm. and I'm a little disappointed at the uh, inactive sort of um, decisions that they're trying to come up with on how to attack the situation that they're in. All they're really doing is they're spending their day waiting for food, to show up and cleaning themselves and drinking water and spending time with their one item. So within the film itself, which is a criticism on society, in my opinion, and a look at the the wide range of the effects of capitalism on different personality types, within the film itself, there's a level of complacency within these characters that I feel they they are wasting a lot of their time by just sitting around waiting for a platform to feed them, and whatever is left on there, they intake and they find a way. That's that's what the majority of the I want to say there's maybe 500 people. I won't say there's 666 people because certainly there's people where the platform there's levels where the platform doesn't stop because everybody's dead. So there's not always a full boat of folks there that are going through this. But nobody's spending the time proactively. They're they're doing. There's people having sex on uh, the levels above them. There's people that are just sitting around waiting to eat. There's people spending time with their one items. There's no. There's no general. Uh, the individuals are coming up with the ideas and the plans of of how to do this. The individuals we're introduced to, but the larger whole is not. So well, I'm gonna say in the great words of uh, Nate Diaz, I'm not surprised. <sighs> I'm not. Look, this is what's going on in real life. It's literally a reflection yes, but that's of real how you, life. That's, that's how it is. But, but this psychologically, is how you beat it. You can beat it, but the psychological locomotion, locomotive that's going on with the their mindset is get what you can now, and that's it. They're just trying to survive. It is a rudimentary way of thinking, mm-hmm. and, and that's why she says it takes spontaneous solidarity. Everybody has to work together. But nobody's going to work together in that. And first off, I would say probably at least 50% if more are probably criminals that were given an option to either go to jail or not. There's hardly probably any volunteers. And like in McGurry, she went in there because she has cancer that's incurable, basically. She has about a month or two to live. So she's going in here to do her thing. And she brings her wiener dog which is named Ramses the second, which yes. is probably the most well-known of all pharaohs yep. that enslaves people and stuff mm-hmm. and the richest, you know, very, why they made Ramses the dog in this. I haven't connected it because the dog's kind of an innocent in this movie. Um, nah, man, he tries to steal that piece of ham. He almost uh, got them all killed. He's just trying to survive too. He needs his nutrition. <laughs> Dang dog. But you know, she gets, uh, she gets killed. You know, th- at first I didn't understand why, uh, um, uh, Miharu, she kills the wiener dog like while he's asleep, right? And it's probably because she recognized who that lady is. 
and that's why she hates retribution. Her. Yeah, she yeah. seems to be a very karmatic character and to where she's going to treat you how she, how you treat her. Mm-hmm. And I love her character for that. However, um, she doesn't make it, unfortunately. Oh no, um, that's later on. Yeah, though, that's man. later on. And I I really hated that part. I wanted her to go on the journey with them as a guide, almost because she's done this basically the start of every month because that's what she's going to go do. She's going to take the food down to, and and here's another thing though. When you get down to the very end, right? I noticed that they had the panna cotta. Mm -hmm. It didn't get hot or cold down there. I wonder if when you get down there, however food you have, it does, nothing happens to you. Well, at the very bottom, I think that speaks on my personal theory a little bit more that maybe level three thirty three is just where this kid has been the entire time, and they have kept there's no there's no rules to it um, down there that low because. Nothing gets down there. Usually. Nothing gets down there. Except so you don't have Mahato to. Goes down there. You don't even have to apply the rules of the system to that low of a level because there's the expectation that no, there's no survivability factor down there. Yeah. That low, and when you're talking about the social uh, equivalent to that, I do think it is uh, a situation, a very bleak, dark situation that a lot of children are born into. When I take a look at third world countries and the status of children in third world countries where the lifestyle of the parents is pretty much, uh, I I don't want to speak, I I don't want to overstep my bounds here, but the lifestyle is so conditioned to it's literally uh, food, water, and shelter are that's your life. You're not going to experience much of a, a life outside of those realms of survival. Uh, you're not, you shouldn't think about if you live in an African uh, outskirts of Nairobi, Kenya, for example, in a small village, you shouldn't think about dreaming of those higher levels of society. You, There may be ways to where you can pierce through the situation you've been born into, but for the most part, those are clamped down to the point where your main focus should be your kid's survival, uh, ability to survive. In the midst of disease, in the midst of violence, in the midst of government oppression, you're born into the worst case scenario that you can possibly be born into. Those are the levels that you and I, my friend, cannot relate to. And uh, at the same time, I want to empathize with them and that's that's part of that's part of who i am uh i would i would recognize that probably most people born in america or canada or or, uh, any first world country level one through 100 mm, at the very least yeah but most people i would say is 150 through 50 right the top 50 are probably the guys that are born with wealth and all that they got whatever they want but let's be real 50 through 150 is probably the range of where people the levels or were I was people stop are born it at in the first. Mm, I think there's people that are starving. Yeah, I think people the are US. on their welfare checks and things like that. I think there are people that are very underpaid. They're barely getting by with rent. They're living hand uh, hand to mouth with food. You know, so I don't think it's below 150 where you can't get food because you can buy a dollar for a cheeseburger. You can get bad nutrition here. You know, yeah, you can get that. But we did win the lottery on being born between that, not being born. After 150 level, right? right? On down. Not being introduced. Could you imagine yeah. the first month in the platform being level 250? Like your yeah. introduction well, to it. Well, you see people that are born, like let's take level 150 through 100. Uh-huh. You see those people already conditioned to their environment. Their environment, yeah. And my, I grew, did grow up in a poor neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, I did grow up in a gang-related 
uh, neighborhood and I saw the mentality there was to be tough. They had different rules in life to live by. Yes. You know, and, you know, I also got to experience some richer side. I wouldn't even say wealthy, but on the richer side and the things that they thought were more important. Um, so you really, I would say I was very fortunate to see a lot of the sides, but somebody who was born 150 level on down, who has never experienced any of that, they probably don't even know those rules exist. Yeah. They don't even, they don't have the, you can't have the imagination if you have nothing to work off of, right? right? You can't expect somebody, I mean, unless that person's a genius and able to be like Jules Verne and think about going to the moon without even a shuttle. Well, there are people like that. Things like the internet help Very out. Very few. Uh, so. But yeah, we're, we're talking about folks that don't have access to the internet that are, if you're level 250 and that's your life, yeah, you're, you don't have access to the internet at all. So I try to be very, um, let's just say, uh, humble about that, that I don't know about that kind of hunger. And that's why I try to say, we all want to think we're going to be Garang in the beginning, yeah. but even Garang changes. And I think us would change too, when we're given in a dire circumstance like that, what would we be pushed to do? You know, are and, you asking me? Because yeah. well, I can't ask my own, I, I'm going to ask you, but I also want to say that that's why I, it's, I have a hard time putting villain, a label like that in a place like that, because in a place like that, it really is all about survival. And I didn't, the way Trimagasi tried to deal with it, he wasn't trying to kill him. He was trying to survive. Yeah. And he just thought he was doing the best. I don't, I can't hate that guy, even uh, though what he was doing was certainly murderous in a certain point. It was definitely, when you see him doing it, it's just, oh, it hurt. Like, oh, God, are, that's so disgusting. Like how he's, it, he seems like a murderer. He seems like a serial killer at that point. Yes. But the logic behind what he was doing, it's hard for me to see uh, a, an illogical thing that he was doing. It's it's hard for me to say that that's right or wrong. It just seems like, damn, that's a hard situation. What would they do? Because there's no way that they would survive. Even when he was um, with Imaguri, right? Yeah. By the way, we've got to mention Imaguri is played by Antonia San Juan. She was in All About My Mother in 99, the, the summer... Uh, shoot, I can't even remember. The summer side in 2012. Oh, a couple yeah, of that movies. one. <laughs> We don't we've, know. I'm sorry. Never seen we don't know this. She's been in a bunch of TV. She's a good actress too. Yeah. Um, but like I said, even when Everybody's they get to 202, really or when she knows that they go past a certain place, she hangs, she hangs herself, herself for him. Well, uh, think maybe. about it. She could have just jumped down the hole, but she knew that he needed sustenance. So to leave her body there, that's probably the best thing to that's do. That's part of it. Uh, that's an interesting take, and probably makes a lot of it was sense. Was a gift for him. My take on it was that she hung herself as soon as she saw the number two hundred two because mm-hmm. she had been working under false pretenses that it capped out at two hundred, and once she realized that it goes past two hundred. It kicks back into the level of unknown. She doesn't even know someone who worked for the administration how down how downward this goes. So her entire psychology, because I I want to say that she was okay with knowing yeah. knowing all of this, and she was actually on board with the social experiment aspect. But as soon as she saw that number at two hundred two, she realized that this got a lot darker and a lot more sinister than even she, someone who worked for the administration could theorize and she hung herself because of her involvement with that well yes that's part of it one factor was yes she found out she was a villain Mm -hmm. she's part of the villain this is why rich people kill themselves philip Mm, i don't know about that i well one 
she's not rich, right? She's working for the rich. Okay. Okay. That's different. <laughs> that's rich true. people don't kill themselves she's, unless they lose their she's, money. She's, that's when they she's kill She's privileged. Yeah. Well, she's sort of privileged, right? She's not because they didn't give her the whole information. She's not privy to all the info. But what she thought, she, she was given enough information to sway her to do something that was bad in order for the ultimate good, right? She thought that we can demolish this. She was probably against capitalism. Yeah. What I'm saying is that with her character, it was also because her dog died. That was her crutch. That was the one thing that she needed to attach herself to. She was already going to die in a month anyways. You saw the lesions on her chest when she shows her boobs to him. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why she's there. Yeah, she had cancer. Yeah. And she knew that if she was going to take her life, she should give him the gift of her body because there's not going to be any food coming down. Because again, she should have just jumped off the platform. There yeah. was a reason why she left her body there. And he eats, he tries to eat his own book before he eats a piece of her and he finally does like the maggots off of her. She's been there for like uh, two, He does three that weeks. with Trimagasi. She gets maggots too. Does she? No, yeah, because Trimagasi does it towards the end. She does it in the very beginning so she gets maggots on her body as the 30 days go on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's and then he wakes up in level five after that, right? And that's with when he meets Baharat. Baharat. Yeah. yeah, which I love his character. He's a great character too. And he, I, I don't know if, I'm not unsure if he went into the hole with a rope or he get, got that from somebody else. I wonder. He's pretty resourceful. He's a very resourceful guy. And I love it because it's like. He's the perfect teammate for Garang too, for what they endeavor on because you uh, need the brute force. But he's not just brute force. He's quite uh, a balanced uh, religious man. Uh, he seems like he wants good for everybody. He's trying to help. He's learned a lot of good things in his life and he's trying to get up. Yes. He, he's, and you know what? That's a lot of us. A lot of us are Baharat that were born, at least maybe minorities, or even if you're a majority and you're born in poverty, all of us are trying to get out. And he's so close. He's like, I'm right there. This is the the highest we'll ever be. Mm -hmm. Help us. And then the guys above him in level four is like, oh, we'll help you, the couple. And they, he's climbing up the rope. He's they like, thank ask you, him, thank you. Well, they ask him, uh, they interrogate him a little bit before that, and they ask him about God, and they say, uh, do you believe in God? And he says, yes, of course. And then he say, they say, what God do you believe in? I think that's very important because the righteousness of the, the, the self-indignant sort of righteousness that people of that caliber, and I will say that that couple, uh, there's a reason they're not in the movie a little bit longer because... Everything they portray in that one-minute scene is who they are. That's who they are. Uh, you see them ha- engaging in intercourse after their meal. Well, you hear them. You hear them, right. Uh, sorry. And you know that they are just scarfing down stuff left and right and taking but in the, as much as they but can. But the one thing from the very beginning, when he's climbing up that rope, yep. and he's like, thank you, thank you, and then the lady shits on him mm-hmm. like literally puts her ass over the side of the rail and shits and the big piece of turd hits him right in the face right in the eyeball oh my god and he drops down and he starts washing his face vigorously and he's like so upset and you know what that's exactly how people feel when they're trying to get up they're when they're trying to be successful that's exactly what people do when yes. they're on levels above you they step on you a they're, lot of people that's because the their of the goal land. their goal is to insulate their livelihood and their 
Um, well, anybody else's success is a threat to their success. Correct. That's what it. it but that's not. No, that's but not that's the truth. A, that's a misnomer. Yes, yeah, that's that, not real. Exactly. That's not real. There's enough success. All for he everybody. wanted to do was do his own thing by going up. He did not want to come onto their level and change their way of life or anything like that. He wanted. But to I do, think he did. He was on his own. He mission. also said, "We can all." Go up. Remember, he was trying to elevate everybody. He was trying to help everybody on the way up. I think he even said, "You can, all of us, you can help me, and we can help each other." Oh yeah. I think he's trying to get everybody to get up. And there. they just weren't on board with that. No, because they're happy enough. Yeah. And like, and like I told you before, it's it's hard to start a revolution under a duvet cover. I think uh, what comedian said that she said that, and it was so so important that she said that because the comfortability is how they keep you from writing the, the wrong. The complacency, yeah, absolutely, and. Don't get me wrong. Like I said, I'm not knocking capitalism. Um, every government, every government, I might has some sort of flaw. There's no perfect system. There just isn't. There's not enough resources for everybody. There just isn't. And there's always going to be atrocities because life isn't fair and life isn't always happy. And I wish we could, but we don't have well, a perfect we can, system. Well, we can get closer to one than we, can, we are. But uh, the system at, is sure. always going to be flawed because we are flawed. We can't come up with a perfect system because we are not perfect. Okay. You know, so it's. The the point of what I'm trying to say is that well is the, capitalism is that the experiment though Philip capitalism, is that our experiment what well look l- listen what they're trying to say mm-hmm. in the movie capitalism yes it promotes greed right it, absolutely it can promote greed and and that's what they're counting on that's what capitalism's counting on is that greed will bring ambition to people and create and be innovative in certain ways but it can be corrupted anything can be corrupted now look at what they try to do when they became socialists right they were like okay we're going to give everybody and this is the end him and baharat they decide that we're going to go down Their on this plan platform is to and give one person he's going to implement the plan that immigrate uh was going to try right they're going to give out their plates by force and they're going to keep it or they're going to only give out one plate and they're going to enforce it with force they're also going to skip the first 50 levels yes. and say, no, you're not eating today because you ate yesterday and there are people below you that did not eat True. today. Now, that could be a little bit of righteousness. They're trying to take away from people that have a plenty and give it to the people that have none. There's yep. nothing wrong with that. However, it's wealth distribution. When they're doing it, yes, when they're doing it, they're killing people on the way down. So now you just became a communist <laughs> party, which is not good at all as you, well. It's uh, flawed. Now, all of them are flawed. No, okay. Here, here's where we get into the juiciness of the debate. Yes. Because they meet the wise man who says, don't just beat them over the head right away. Don't, don't come at them with brute force. Introduce, uh, introduce the potential for them to make the decision themselves. And then if they make the wrong decision, beat them over the head with brute force. Okay. How is that better? Because you turn over the you turn over the responsibility of giving the message out that is a righteous one. It makes sense even to the the greedy person on level forty who uh, knows they can survive. They know they can survive a day without food. It's not that difficult. All of us can. You introduce the fact of what you're doing and why you're doing it, and then if that person combats you on a righteous cause. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying physical violence is the answer in reality, but I am saying that an equivalent to saying no, you're not going to get in the way of the bigger picture because of your selfish reasoning, you're not going to get in the way of it. So we are going to cut you off from having an impact on this. 
Now, in reality, what that means, it opens up a larger discussion about removing the freedom of speech, removing the freedom of opinion, removing the freedom of... There's if, even It's even worse than that, because what you're proposing mm-hmm. in that point... You're basically saying I'm not proposing. No, but I'm I'm trying to draw an equivalent. But what I'm trying to say is that capitalism is not the the end all be. I I believe that they're trying to uh, criticize a little bit, but we don't have a better system, and there isn't a better system because even when they try the socialism, right, the better systems out. Because even when they do that, right, they are still killing people to make sure. And you say righteousness, but hey, even Adolf Hitler said he was righteous. Even even other people have said, this is a righteous cause, yeah. which allows me to kill people They're in order to do this because this is for the better. That right self is in a danger, a huge danger. <laughs> they are killing people. What I am suggesting is not to kill people. What I am suggesting- but how do you get them then? You can't get them to you take if away you don't the, kill them. Well, you take away their freedoms. Uh, but see, that's the thing. That's what I'm trying to say is that you think that's a better system by forcing people to do something that you want them to do, which isn't the righteous cause. Okay. Uh, you see what I'm saying? Like they yes, might have had I a righteous agree. cause, but th- what they're doing is no better than them when they hurt people like that and yeah. when they're forcing people like that. That's why they need the spontaneous solidarity. That's the only way it can be righteous. The way they're doing it, which is the way socialism works too, by the way. Hey, you take that. We're going to punish you. You yeah. can only have this much. You know, every, every different government type or every different has, way to run the world yes. has a place in this movie. Of course. There's socialism. But, there's Marxism. But that's what I, that's what I love about this is that yep. none of them are going to be perfect and none of, none of them are going to be righteous. But that's the point. But it's the for be- the audience member. It's for the person watching the movie to say none of these things work. Well, of course. The only thing that can work is if we all agree to do a certain thing. And the, the problem is, is that not everybody agrees. See that, and, and if you if you try to force people to all agree, mm-hmm. you are actually taking freedom away, choice, and now you're not righteous anymore. Okay, when I say take away the freedoms, I don't mean the uh, the righteous freedoms. I mean the the freedoms that have been swayed in such a greedy, uh, yes, but, sinister way that they shouldn't ex- have existed in the first place. They shouldn't have come about in the first place. But see, but remember, Free will caused cap- all of this. No, but that's what I'm trying to say. Is that capitalism wasn't the main culprit in this. It was the people, yes. right? And that's the point I'm trying to say is that the critique isn't necessarily on the system. It's on the people. Oh, yeah. Because if the people could just abide by they what can. they can. But they can't. So it's not capitalism is the enemy. If capitalism gave them everything. They became greedy on their own. Correct. Communism or socialism, guess what? Now those two people have become the unrighteous people that are forcing people to do certain things that they themselves weren't ready to do, okay. which is unrighteous. So every which way, there's a way for corruption, and there's a way for it to not be not be good. There's no easy answer to this. The only answer there is is that you yourself shouldn't be a greedy pig no matter what system you're in, and you have a responsibility to how you act in every given situation. That's yes. what I think the movie is about. It's challenging us to be better. The system isn't the problem. It's us that's the problem, right? Because capitalism can promote greed, but it doesn't mean you have to be. That's a choice that you get to make on how you are. You get to choose if you're going to be corrupted or not. There is no boss out there. There is no small business owner who is in the business of creating other small business owners. There's no small business owner who wants to see the employee he hires on take his job over in two or three years. That's not true. There are definitely uh, systems in place to do that. However, it is not my responsibility or yours or anybody else's responsibility for your successes. That is your responsibility alone. So to blame others saying that, oh, they're not giving me the opportunity, 
Sir, I'm sorry. We live in a land of opportunity. There's a reason why immigrants come over here and they make businesses. And people that live here don't. It's because we think about getting jobs. They think about creating businesses because they have the opportunity to do it here. There's no caste system here. There's no like religious thing. The only system that's in place here is monetary, right? That's the game that we all play. It's not about, and to a certain extent, yes, our race comes into play and all these things when it comes to society. To a certain extent. But when it comes, yeah, to, to, to a, a large certain extent. extent. But let's just be real. If you have money, that can make a lot of things go away. Okay. If we ignore the rest of the world completely just for the sake of this mm-hmm. particular argument, yeah. we say that the entire prison itself in the platform is the United States of America. Absolutely. They probably we, made it as Spain. They probably were thinking of Spain's system. Because you could do this with very, every country. Well, with every democracy, right? Yeah. You could do this. Capitalist with, democracy. You could do this with every business. You could do this with every place of work. You could do this with every city. Uh, the the system that we have, yes. I'm not going to take, I'm not going to be complacent, but I'm not going to just sit here and say that it's bad because it's gotten to us where we're at and it's better than it ever has been. So I have to give it credit. And what I'm saying is that the real problem is us. It's like Winston Churchill said, he said, government would not be needed if men were angels, right? I'm probably butchering that phrase, but he's absolutely true. Government wouldn't be needed if we were angels. And so then what's wrong with men turning into angels? Well, we, that's an individual basis. I cannot project uh-uh. what you think is righteous or what I think is righteous. Everybody has a different idea, Experience. and we can all learn from each other. Because okay. that's why I say it's very dangerous when you say, I have a righteous cause, I'm doing this. Well, who says you're righteous? You say that, but nobody else is saying that. So how, that's why I'm trying to say is you have to temper how you feel about things sure. because you could absolutely temper be wrong. Temper for how long? Well, for as long as you are a tempered man, you should be. <laughs> you should be a tempered man to be righteous, right? When I start seeing people turning into angels, then I'll have realized that my temperance can probably take a back seat and that I'm seeing my vision come to fruition. Uh, but see, no, sir. See, now now you're going the route of goreng into madness. Because this movie is about, in that situation, what would you do? Would you be temperate? Would you be, would you be generous? Would you be loving? Are you loving? asking me? No, but that's... That's what I'm trying to say is the movie is giving you those questions, you see, because we all want to think we're going to be those things, but Mm -hmm. faced with those realistic outcomes that could kill us or whatever. Here we are in a situation that can kill us literally in the real world. And how are we handling it as uh, not as individuals, as a society? That's that's what I'm trying to say. Individuals like men in black says and people, sorry, a person is intelligent. People are stupid, right? Mm Mm-hmm. That's the problem here is that this needs spontaneous solidarity. You need everybody to be in on this, right? If one person's off, Don't you have it's not it going to work. S- well, okay, if one person's off, okay, maybe that's where I disagree. Because I do think that the intellectual majority in, I don't want this to sound uh, negative or, or forceful, but I think if the intellectual majority has the spontaneous solidarity, they excommunicate the ignorant minority in situations like this Mm. you can leave people to their own devices and leave them in the leave them in the dust and say you can have your world but your world is not going to impact where we're going i'm sorry that's that's what we've been trying to do and it doesn't work you're only as strong as your weakest link when it comes to a society or they're not part of my society they are there's a reason why things have going wrong because the intel or Mm -hmm. the People that you want to call the intellectuals or... Please don't cut this out of this episode. uh, Maybe. But (laughs) those people are not as many as you think. And you are far outnumbered by people that do not want to better themselves, that do not want to learn more. 
that are just that are fine with everything with the way it is. They don't want it to change. You are far outnumbered, and then I'm just letting do you know not, they do not reap the rewards of what is to come. But n- neither do we. We that's need everybody. True. But that that's the truth. See, we have to be content with what we're given because the people that we're pulling are not wanting to go with us, and that's dragging us behind. See, in a country, you have to get everybody behind or at least most people and that is the control not most as many as you can mm, most people i think it's as many as you can most people, i think more than god, half i think god watches and says if this person is doing the absolute most that they can they are doing what i want them to do you think that but i've never heard uh something in the bible where god asked them to do as much as they can he always asked for more than they thought they could do and that's what i'm trying to say here is but that you never know what that is exactly but Unless you're doing In this the most sense, you can. I'm trying to tell you that for me, mm-hmm. capitalism is not under attack on this. Communism is not under attack. It's us as people. And we have the responsibility that no matter what system we're placed in, whether it's the whole or whether it's in capitalism or whether it's in a third world country, us as individuals, we get to determine how we deal with everything, who we are. And that's the point of the movie is that Garang try not to lose himself in the end Bahara they got that last win because they were he was giving up it's so interesting yeah and when when he goes down that platform right and they decide to give out everything and when they get to level 50 or around that and the old wise man tells them hey don't do that you can't be doing that right you have to have manners first and all this send him a symbol send him the panna cotta, which sounded so awesome because it's so beautiful yeah and he saw him how he took the hair out and he's like who did this and like there's so the their people attention on top, to detail versus what yeah, was going on below which is was so absurd so, it was so disproportionate yeah but he said the symbol if you sent it back which would have been perfect honestly yeah. if you sent that back would have been a huge slap to their face right yeah. and that's what they're really fighting for is that symbolic gesture at the end um, even when they're getting attacked and Baharat gets cut with the samurai sword, which to is say, very look sad. To say, look at what we did. Yes. Look at what we did despite the situation that you put us in. What I'm saying is that the in the real world, the equivalent to that is be the success story. But what I'm saying is that we've seen that happen and it hasn't changed a thing. We've seen the from the ground up success story of the person who's made it back to the top or or catapulted their their child. It's inspirational, but it doesn't change the bigger picture. So maybe you are onto something when you say the people are the problem and it's not the system. It's not the walls of the system. It's but the people. But m- meet me halfway. What that requires is a some adjustment to the people. It, it does. It does require some dark city-like adjustment to where you're not the evil guys that are doing the adjustments. But at the same time, uh, if you just pause time and you go and you change the set pieces and you change the background and you affect people's memories uh, to a certain degree, not in a negative context, but in a in a good way, if you take the inverse of all of the worst that you've seen in life and, and you it's, do the opposite of it, um, it it's not well, such a bad thing. I say what reverse you're Hitler at, a lot. What I say you're getting at, Dark though, City is exactly what the message of the movie was. And they, you couldn't say it in a better phrase than this. Spontaneous solidarity. 
And that means so much because what you're saying, you're trying to explain that. You're trying to explain how, how do you change about. people's minds without forcing them to, right? Correct. And the only way to do that is for everybody to do it themselves. You can't force somebody to do it because one, you'll never know if they truly believe it, if they're really convicted, right? So it you'll is, never is, know yes. if you'll never know if it's just forced upon them Correct. and they hate you. It, it has to be volunteered. It has to be in everybody's mind changed all at once. Now it doesn't have to be all at once. To be honest, that's where I kind of differ like me and you or yeah. some of our all, friends all at right once within the scope of the grander picture of time well, is we like would over want. the period of years yeah well that's what we would want but, but what i'm saying at. is that it doesn't have to be everybody as long as people are waking up and and putting that into well they are into work we should be optimistic then yeah i am optimistic mm-hmm. but i'm saying that what the movie is saying is that it's not the system it's the people when people want to shirk off the blame and say it's capitalism it's this and that well really man did you live in the 1800s did you live in 1649 when this wasn't happening was it really better then no let's make this better let but our individual responsibility in a place of freedom like america we get to determine even if we get rich that doesn't determine if you're going to be corrupted you determine if you're going to be corrupted and not give back absolutely and we've seen time and time again especially people that came up from the bottom that got money like say lebron james you know putting people through school and don't get me wrong i'm not even a lebron lebron james fan Uh but what he does off the court i respect the shit out of and there's people that have got wealth even kobe bryant right he's giving back to his community i'm saying basketball players but let's say a lot of people yeah so you see that happening but, but it doesn't happen with everybody. But you all have you a choice. Is give money. Uh, they they've given money because that's he's what given they time. think. But, but he's given time too. I mean, think about the ba- youth basketball group that Kobe did with his younger daughters yeah. and and all the people. Because there's only so much time you can give. It's very finite. If you have a lot of money, you can leverage that. You can't leverage time unless you have multiple people working for you, and then you don't. It's not really you. I mean, I guess you can start a company and start doing that, which a lot of them do. But what I'm saying, I guess what I'm trying to get at with this is that to me, it always centers to the people. We have a responsibility that no matter what's going around us to be generous, to be loving, to be appreciative, to help each other. Yes. And you, there's no excuse no matter what situation you're in, right? Because even when they got to the bottom, they sacrificed that panna cotta to the, to the little for girl. the little girl. They sacrificed their symbol, sure. everything that they fought for. And that, to me, but is what turned, the ending was about. But they, they also, uh, yes, but they also morphed their approach and their understanding of what their mission was. Or he did. And they realized, Baharat, Baharat, uh, Baharat understood that the girl was the message uh, after. I, I think he didn't know she was the message. I think he died before that. I think he gave it to her out of the generosity of his heart. Like, I can't become. I think the he symbol was wasn't, over in that The symbol in that wasn't enough for him to lose his humanity. You see what I'm saying? Like he, because he, he was trying, he was thinking the panacotta. No, this is the symbol. He didn't want to give it to her at first, but for him to lose his humanity in his last moments meant more to him than the damn symbol that he fought for. I, I think that's what this is actually trying to say: is that if we all came what together, what I would do, what, I honestly think I would probably have thought of bringing the book when Garang came through. Like I said, well, not what you would bring in. What's your plan to to pierce what's going on in the platform? In there, yep, man. What's your plan to to thwart the the experiment? I think the only there's really no way to thwart it. I would okay. say I don't know if there's a way out. I don't want to give all my secrets away. Yeah, but I got a like, decent plan. Like for me, the only thing I could think of if you were number one 
and that's it. Or maybe if you brought in like a oxygen mask and you didn't go to sleep, you know what I mean? And like you woke up and killed those fools and you escaped. You would have had to have known in advance. Exactly. Like you'd, you'd have to know. So there's an you interesting. You have to go in with a plan like, you know, trying to escape Alcatraz and but shit. But we never know if, if anyone escapes because of the ending, They're the, actually, the ambiguity of the yeah, ending. Yeah. I think zero people have escaped is what they say. Yes. So nobody has escaped there. And we don't know what's at the bottom where he walked off to. Yeah. We don't even know what happens to the girl. She could have been splattered in smithereens. They might have had some kind of security override, which and I, I didn't understand why they allowed the little girl to go up and not him, but I think it's probably weight-based, right? She's She weighs less than yeah. him, and that's why he had to get off for it to go back up. Um, but I, I I don't know how to escape a place like that because I don't know enough about where are their doors, how does the lift work, because there's no hydraulic system or anything like that, and it can't it's, be it magnets. Is a sci- it is a sci-fi movie. Yeah, so we don't know what year this takes place in. Uh, it's we, very hard to figure out, and like how much of it is underground, how much is it above ground. Ambiguity. You know, so There was an interesting scene that I picked up on on my third viewing, oh. the interview scene of Garang with uh, the the lady, the... Um, Imaguri? Yeah, Imaguri. Uh, the numbers in the background are or one, two, three, four, five, all the way down. And if you actually look at the the stage that they're having their interview on, it looks like an old shell of a previous incarnation of the thing. It really does. I I I saw it and I was like, wait a second. The the numbers behind her shoulder as she's interviewing Garang go mm-hmm. one, two, three, four, five. And then if you just take a look over her other shoulder, it's this dark, very platform like uh, uh, area that seems to be very reminiscent of the actual platform itself, but you can hear the birds chirping. You can hear so, all that. So I think this has been going on for a long so period of time. there's multiple buildings. There are multiple buildings. Okay. And this was the old, they actually staged their interviews in the old shell. Or maybe the new one. Or maybe, maybe new the new one, one that they're working on, perhaps. Maybe the, that's the one he's going in. Yes, but the numbers that are actually behind, they're unavoidable. They're there for a reason. There, there's no reason that the you see one, two, three, four over her shoulder, and it's just not there. They're, they mean something. So, yeah, I picked that. I picked up on that. I picked up on a lot of stuff, the, the multiple viewings. I think that Garang actually does die a while going down on the platform um, with the little girl. Uh, I, I think that the ending is all a complete... Uh, illusion uh, for him after the f- I think he does rescue the girl and he sticks her on the platform with him but he dies from his injuries yeah, he has to, as man. they're going down and that his, oh, as he's going down yes I, at, his his envisioning of her shooting all the way back up is an illusion because either the director had a misstep because all of the silverware stays put and the silverware, I think the silverware gets cleaned out once it hits the bottom. I think there are people that work for the administration that once the platform reaches the bottom, they come and they remove everything and it's like a big landfill mm-hmm. down there and they, they get rid of all the glassware and et cetera, et cetera. And all the dead bodies that have fallen to the bottom get cleaned out. There, there has to be something yeah. uh, to that degree. But when Garang reaches the bottom, he sees the girl on the platform and he walks off with Trimagasi and they have a little discussion and then she shoots back up and the last scene of the movie is her going all the way to the top and then you're supposed to I say... I feel like the G-Force would just... The G-Force would make her and splattered. all of that go. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, either... Um, I don't know. I mean, that's the most sci-fi thing about this is that platform, right? right? Yeah. There's, we don't know how it goes up and down. It goes up extremely fast. 
Uh, there's no wires. It's a concrete platform with all this food. We don't. I mean, how does all the stuff stay on there? Maybe there's, it'll be explained in La Jolla too. Uh, La Jolla too. Well, uh, they honestly, the director has said he's had he has over an hour's worth of extra footage for this uh, I movie. I need to that see this director's <laughs> cut, bro. <laughs> there's no director's cut. He just has extra footage. Uh, that's unfair. Sir. Yeah, it's you over need to an re- hour. You, re- you need to release this to us. There, uh, <laughs> Netflix does do a good job of releasing their big hits. Um, to Blu-ray versions and whatnot. So I'm hoping that this sees a home media release because I love this movie. Well, Netflix original, since the Netflix original, it'll probably never be released for... They do that. Do they? Yeah, they do it for their TV shows. Uh, If they want to make an extra buck because they know that... the platform will, though? Because already I feel like the foreign language in America, that is, it seems very... um, we're few out there, yeah. few audience members right. that are really like, I don't care what language, I just love movies, and if it's good, we can that's demand what I'm it. all about. If we demand it, sir, and we're, our voices are loud enough, sir, we, we have will get demanded what we it. want. There's been a cut. Look, Parasite won Best Picture this mm-hmm. year. I mean, let's go with Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon won like five Oscars that year. Yeah. There is, there is movies out there. This? Yes, but it's just the majority, they're not money makers for the most part, I would say. You know, and I think that with Crouch Tiger and Dragons, because it's people thought it was a martial arts movie, but really it was a romance with martial arts in it. Yeah. So martial like action got the action people in, the romance people were already in, foreign. So it's it's a different kind of like concoction of everything happening. Now, winning the Oscars is just a peer review kind of thing, right? Like amongst the artists, they're they're saying you're better. This is what it is. It's got politics in it. But as far as money goes, they're not the biggest money makers, and that's why it's hard for. Um, I guess the marketers to get behind it when us people in the audience, that's what I give Netflix a really good pass for. Like you got this movie to us. Thank you for movie lovers out there. We probably would have never seen this movie unless you brought it out there. And I'm glad that it was on the top 10. It was like number four or number yeah. one at some point, Yeah, which it's, I'm so happy that it did. Cause this is a great movie. I avoided it at first um, when it first came out, like it was trending. I tend to do that. Like when most people are trending something, I'm like, ah, whatever but when i saw it i fell in love with it i thought it was so pristine like the message you're right this message there's not has a lot been of wasted said, time exactly either. it's very it's trim of fat you know it's a lean movie it's very, 85 minutes perfect. something like that yeah. it is uh, it gets to the point it's awesome. it says it in the right way the symbolism is great other movies have tried to done it, do it, but this one was done cleanly. Yes. Like it was surgical how yes. they got it to you and wrapped in a nice sci-fi, um, great cinematography. I didn't even go through that guy. His name is uh, John D. Dominguez. He's done a couple other mo- uh, movies. You probably don't know him. Uh, extraterrestrial, uh, Valeria Descalza. Uh, yeah. No, Extraterrestrial. Oh, okay. Valeria Descalza is the name of the movie. Okay. But you've probably seen the TV show The ABCs of Death maybe in 2012. He also was a cinematographer on VHS Viral in 2014. Oh, okay. He's done quite a few movies like Purgatorio, Bomb Scared, Wednesdays Don't Exist. Uh, he's done most of these movies I haven't seen because they're foreign. And um, usually I don't get to watch foreign movies unless they're like a really, really great movie. I'm not saying any of these are not great, but they just haven't they know, made out. ripples. Yeah, they stand um, um, Also, a little bit about the composer too. Um, man, this guy has also got a hard name. I want to say Arasasu Kaleha. And he did uh, Friend Zone in 09, No Controles in 10, Bird Boy, The Forgotten sounds Children in like, 2015. Sounds like a Daddy Yankee song. Yeah. No Controles. Yeah. Um, he also did Bomb Scared in 2017. It seems like Bomb Scared, 
was the movie that a lot of these people, of the same team. yeah, have come across each other. There's another movie in there too. I forgot, but they seem to have come across. Oh, uh, Bird Boy, The Forgotten Children oh, is yeah. also another one of those movies where the writer was on, the composer was on. Uh, you know, they seem to travel in the same network. I so. hope people, I when you run through these cast and crews, it's important to say when I go like, oh yeah, or yeah, we, I have no idea <laughs> what these movies are. I'm doing it yeah. facetiously. So, some of them, but, but it's fun to learn. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe we'll come across and be like, hey, I remember that title. Maybe I'll give it a shot. No, um, I, I actually want to commend you for for doing this every episode. Since you started doing this, I have drawn connections of some of the you know cast and the crew that have been on movie to movie as I've seen extra movies that, you know, whoever's involved with, I'm like, Oh wow. There's, there's something to all of these interconnected, uh, like film crews that move from, from film to film. So they're little families really. And they I really get are. It. I mean, once you find a, you know, once you find that great chemistry and communication with a crew member that you rely so heavily on, like a director relies on their composer, their editor, their cinematographer, and once it works, you don't want to leave that person if it works. I mean, you guys are successful. Because it works. And, yeah. And there you go, sir. You've you spilled the beans on what I would do if I was stuck in this platform-like Whatever environment. works. <laughs> uh, no. I I would build a community. And I would... Uh, You'd be the old guy in the wheelchair. Uh, no. <laughs> he did, he, I think that he did build a community. I'd like to see his story. I would, too. And I really do believe he did build a community. I mean, that's how he knew Baharat. He taught him. That's How long true. have they been there? And he has a guy that's well, wheeling him around that's no, above. He, he was uh, cellmates with Baharat. Yeah, but he also has a new cellmate. He that's has a true. guy that's, a, he's got people uh, under yeah, his. That's true. He seems to have a leadership. There is a web of connectiveness. He's got like an oracle from the Matrix feel, right? Morpheus. <laughs> like, or yeah. Morpheus slash oracle. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, so he, that would be an interesting story on the different societies that have yeah, evolved in the there. the government, or not the government, but the community within the community itself. I mean, that's how prison evolves, right? It's usually uh, skin deep a lot of times, right? That's true. It's um, And it's, sorry to say, but that's probably how Batrod and the other guy, because they're all black, and it seems like that's the community that they've... Uh, you know, they've kind of trusted, right? And seems people seem to cling to that in prison too. Sure. Which I think is wrong. Yeah. I think, um, but it is, uh, it's it's natural. Yeah. It's natural. Birds of a, uh, of a feather do flock. I mean, we're too, uh, we're born from immigrants, uh, both of us. And we are, my dad wouldn't say that he's born and raised in Texas. So, but your mom, my mom is an immigrant. Yes. Okay. From South Korea. Same, same here. Um, my dad was an American citizen, but, uh, he was birthed from immigrants. So yeah, we, we tend to jive with people who have little facets of our story embedded within their story. And Mm -hmm. that is what I would bring again. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but I sat there on the third viewing of this movie and I said, how would you go about this? Because how would, how you'd go about it is pretty indicative of what you can do for the bigger picture and how you can pierce through all these problems. So I wanted to see that. Uh, and my yeah. personal, this is, I don't want to reveal my secrets, but reveal okay. it, bro. All right. So my personal attack for, uh, handling this would be to take on the Baharat like, companion once i met him in as a cellmate and i would go down level to level like them but i would invite others on the platform with me to go down to see what it was like i i would try to coerce in my two minutes Mm. of time to bring on a team of folks so that when because numbers do matter they do 
So the two guys that are... Especially in a situation like that. Exactly. Why not bring the old wise man on the platform with you? Well, because the old wise man is a liability at that point. And two, honestly, anybody you take on that platform may be a liability at some point. They may sabotage you. They may do something that goes against your philosophies, and now you have an extra attacker. You know, it's hard to... um, Okay. It's hard to figure out a person in a split second, but Bahrat's, uh the way he was introduced to him, I think was enough to uh, confirm his suspicions on what kind of a person that guy is, you know? And uh, I think he suspected that Baharat was about to give up, that he was on the threshold because I think, um, what's his face? I'm sorry, I forget his name sometimes, Goreng. He gave up. I think at a certain point he subscribed to the philosophies that Trimagasi told him. And by the time Imaguri came around, he was like, that's not going to happen. And then when he saw Bharat, he decided to take one last attempt to, to do this because he felt like it was over anyways. Hmm. And Bharat was about to give up and he talked him off the ledge. And they decided, and he had renewed vigor and spirit, but they found out that they were going about it wrongly. They became the oppressors when the old man told them, hey, don't be just killing people on the way down here. You know what I mean? So, and that's good that he changed it. But again, it doesn't change the authoritarian of what they were doing. Like I get to say if you get something or not. But even though they were being generous to certain people, I get it. But it's still wrong the way. That's why. That's why I say wrong's too heavy of a word to use with authoritarian. Unrighteous. Sorry. If you're on the side of the uh, even that, if you're on the side of the truth, and if you're on the side of what is ethically sound and reasonable versus the litany of other alternatives you're not being authoritarian when you are stressing that Mm. this i i I completely disagree it doesn't matter if you're righteous or not if you're telling somebody that you have to do this and you can't it's still authoritarian still bad if you have a plate of food and there is a child and there is a teenager and the teenager is overweight and the child is malnourished and the plate can go to one person and you and I have to make the decision and you say it should go to the uh, the fat teenager and I say it should go to the child. Mm-hmm. I can I have I, I, I have the wherewithal and the right and the authority to prove to you that the right decision is with the child. Okay. And and even if you can try that do that, but if the fat kid is my child and the thin one is yours, uh-huh. you're going to have to beat me for that food. <laughs> and that's where it gets wrong. You see what I'm saying is that you will always now if I had the skinny kid and you had the fat kid and you said, "Hey, your kid needs to eat, give it to me." That's called generosity. That's not called forcing somebody to do something. And that's where you that's where you have to get off. Because then you become an authoritarian, you become a dictator, you become the guy with power that becomes oppressive. And that's why it's so important, I keep saying this. Spontaneous solidarity. Solidarity. That's why, because people have to decide for themselves. If if, If you are telling somebody to do it or else... That's not righteous. It never okay. is. It's, it's the same as the Spanish Inquisition. They thought they were righteous, but pouring down lead down Indians' throats because they didn't want to conform to their righteousness of God and that they were heathens okay, is but still wrong. As you're doing that, there has to be something going through your head that says, this is wrong. When does, I'm, does it have to? No. Some people, for the most of history, people thought that the, the that's they don't ends have, justified the means. That's because they never had the the hindsight is twenty twenty element to it all. It's because they were living in the platform. Okay? So if you're in the platform, that's why it's hard for me to say that these guys, 
you know what we need is a member of la administración to be put into nah, those guys need to get killed <laughs> No. Oh, okay. Well, like what I'm trying to say is that though, now we're talking. But they themselves became the oppressors until the old wise man said no. But they were still oppressors. They were just nicer about it. <laughs> like that's the thing. Like if somebody still tried to get it, their head would get bashed in. And I get, I get where force is needed to be enforced. But remember, anytime you take a position of power, you are always susceptible to be corrupted. You are always susceptible to do things. Like anytime that you try to justify the until means you for the end, that you're then incorruptible. Well, nobody's incorruptible. Until you can prove that you're incorruptible. You can't. You can't prove that. It's all here. It's all in your own mind because to prove that, because every choice, Uh it's like I I tell, loyalty is not a characteristic. Mm -hmm. Loyalty is something that you choose because you can betray one guy, one king for this other king, and you're loyal to this king, but you're not loyal to that king. It's not a character. It is a choice that you have to make every day. And when it comes to being a leader, you have to make the choice every day to not be corrupted or not to be evil because it's so very easy. And again, any to be a leader, correct? Yeah, but that's what they became. They had to become leaders in order for them to get this done. And like I said, that's what I love about this movie is that there's no real clean cut heroes here. There's no clean cut uh, uh, villains here, and that's La what makes it character. Well, I guess for them, but. <laughs> The immediate people that you come across, those are really the people that we're, you, you we're are putting right. up against. Very early on in the film, uh, there's a poignant quote from Trimagasi that I'm remembering now where he talks about the people on the higher levels. And he says, "Why are pe- uh, when one someone jumps down and kills themselves from one of the higher levels, he, uh, Garang says, why would someone that high kill themselves and he says the thing about being on the higher level is that you know exactly what to expect every day there's no there's no hold on i think i have the yeah you can eat the thing about being on a higher level is you can eat anything you'd like but you have nothing to look forward to and a lot to think about that is the plight of being on the higher level day in day out is that and and this is where let me take a bit of recourse. Uh, I, I hope I haven't attacked rich versus poor too much in this episode. I don't think that I have. But outside of this episode, sometimes I do pay a little too much attention to attacking the rich versus helping the poor. Um, and maybe and my, society criticisms. Yes. Or perhaps, systems, government systems. Perhaps. But my idea of change is to bring down what is up to the same level so that it can experience what is being experienced on the lower levels. And I don't think you do that without forcibly bringing it down. But what this movie's telling me is that you don't even have to do that and that those people bring themselves down to a certain degree because they have nothing to contemplate. And eventually that kicks in. Eventually, when you're on that high level, let's assume that... um, Levels 1 through 20 just never change. Maybe they don't. We don't know in this movie. Or, or actually, we do because they make 1 through make 5, it, at yeah, least. Okay. Yes. So if 1 through 5 are just stationary levels and everybody who's on 1 through 5 is always on 1 through 5, that that life's a little boring, too. They, Well, you know, I would even say it's not that it's boring. What I find in that uh, advice that Shimagasi gives, and I've always thought this, by the way, that when you get everything in life, mm-hmm. there's nothing left to be desired. And what is there to life but desire, mm-hmm. a passion? 
you always have to have, and I find this in psychology too, you always have to give yourself a reward system, right? Now, depending on the type of person, you can have a smaller tolerance or a higher tolerance depending on what you do for a reward, right? Yeah. Or the type of reward or whatever it is. Um, I always think of that kids with the marshmallow. You give them one, say, wait 10 minutes, I'll give you another one. And most kids don't, right? They eat the marshmallow before they get the second one. Sure. So you can train yourself to wait for the second marshmallow or however long you need, right? And the way I feel about the way you have to train yourself psychologically when you get that high is that you have to always find something to desire, to want, to get, right? You have to give yourself a reward system. Once you're without, once, and it's not, it has nothing to do with being content. Content is different, right? Like I'm content with where I'm at, but I also have goals, right? I also have other, I'm very grateful for where I'm at right now but I won't stop looking towards the future to get things that, and when I get those things, I'll have to develop other goals and other things because that's the whole thing with the fighter, right? You lose the eye of the tiger. You're going to lose. So you have to, I think you have to have, always have a find a balance. No matter what level you're on, mm-hmm. you have to figure out, okay, what are my goals and be happy with where I'm at, but go further. It does seem, can. it does, that, a that is a very noble balance to have, but it does seem like in the reality of things, the higher you make it, your your reward system turns into material versus immaterial and versus, you know, like. Well, it depends on the person because I think it's either money mm-hmm. or it's power. That can definitely change, like you desire more power. Right. I think that usually changes. Once you get enough money, you probably desire power. You want to be able to change everything. You want to control the country. You want to control, you know, legislation, all these things. Um, So that's that's not very way. You take it away from people. Well, again, that's it's that's not finite, you know, power. It's you can't taste it or feel it out there. It just is right. It's it's not malleable. It just is out there. It's an idea. Right. It's like it's a facade. Well, I wouldn't say facade. Love isn't a facade. Power is there. Right, you I can think have, power is a facade. I don't think so. I think power is very real. On that level, I think power is a facade. The billionaire mm. with uh, with every dollar, um, every dollar to his name, like the Jeff Bezos, he might think he has power, but that power, if we haven't been proven that this is true uh, over the course of the last three or four months in this world, I don't know what is. Granted, he's in a different situation with Amazon and everybody's relying on Amazon very heavily. Yeah, but the he's bill- winning. But he's <laughs> winning because of the set of circumstances and because... He was this- winning before the set of circumstances and he's winning during the set of circumstances. Right. But there are people that are losing who were in Jeff Bezos' shoes prior to going into oh, this. I'm not saying he's a good leader. Again, first well, rule is take care of your people, and he's right. not. This is mm-hmm. why I'm boycotting Amazon. Mm-hmm. I'm just letting you know that because of the way he treats his people. He's, a, he's become a bad leader is the way I see it. At first, he was serving the people, and he used that to get where he wanted. Uh, but like I said, it's, it all depends on the person, right? What do you consider a success in your life? Is it the most money? Is it the most power? And for me, I, I look at certain figures in the past, like maybe King Solomon, right, mm-hmm. who had everything. He had the biggest kingdom. He had the most riches. He had the most wives. He had everything that people have a check mark for success in their life, best job, best wife, family, all these things. But really, all of that is fleeting. It can all leave you in an instant, right? And that's why I think you say it's an illusion because it can all go away, mm-hmm. any kind of su- success that you think of. The reason why I disagree with you, though, is that it is finite right now. He can use his power to do what he needs to do. I'm sure he's had a couple of people killed. Who knows? But I'm saying that Power, you can't, just because you think that that it's an illusion doesn't mean that it is. And it can be used against you 
or for you at this moment. Can it be taken away within a second? Absolutely. But right now it's there. You have to be able to see those things and navigate through them. I think it's great that we had that discussion about power within the context of this movie because these people at the introduction of the characters, uh, they're somewhat powerless. And I do think that they accrue some semblance of power, especially Garang. As far as his time spent here, it it chisels away at him and it breaks him down in certain areas, but it also builds him up simultaneously. And the platform, the verticality of it. What's the name that uh, the VSC, right, is the the terminology vertical something center that uh, uh, the Imaguri has? She prefers to call it, instead of the whole, she calls uh, it the yeah. VSC. And I think symbolically it's so interesting that it goes up and down so it, and it goes up much quicker than it comes down. It stops every two minutes. So it takes a while for the characters. Actually, now that I think about it, and this happens a lot on this show, um, the breakdown of the characters seems to be slow and and um, very very. Uh, That's it, the way I think it would be for all of us, right? For all of us but, idealists, but out the there. answer is spontaneous. Solidarity. Solidarity. And spontaneity happens within seconds. Seconds. But the snapping point. And the rise of the platform up with the girl on it, the message, quote unquote, takes maybe 30 seconds to make it from the bottom to the top. So there's that sense of optimism is that no matter... No matter what the world is throwing at us and the the obstacles that are holding us down, in the matter of a moment, it could all dissipate very quickly. And your your goal to pierce through to the top just needs the right environment and the right community and the right ideas and the right resolve to actually send it shooting all the way to the top. I think that is the too. that is the non cynical because a lot of people have beef with the ending being Why? ambiguous. Be, well, be that devil's advocate, like the other one. I, I don't will know be, and beef. I have been for this whole episode. I know, and it, it, it's cool. <laughs> it, I don't know I anybody that had a problem because this is one of the best endings I've seen in a movie. Like I usually at the end, I'm like. A lot of people wanted to see the ending through. They wanted to see what happened when the girl made it to the top. And if the cooks and the chefs and all that were like, what the hell? What's going on? Because there's the idea that the chefs preparing all this food on level zero, as it's referred to in the film, have no idea what's going on. You get to see one of of the chefs. But how is that possible? Because you get to see one of the chefs put the last plate on the thing and then the platform starts going down so obviously when it comes back up they start filling it up they have to be wondering what's happening to all the food where's it going are there people uh, are they all right below us are we catering a feast to a bunch of rich wealthy men i think they don't know i think Mm -hmm. it's like imaguri she probably thought it was some social experiment that death wasn't happening down there and that they were like there's only 200 levels so you had there's enough calories for everybody there's all these things so they the way he takes his job so seriously (laughs) leads me to believe that he thinks that his job is super important. Yeah. And uh, he probably respects the people down in there and their opinions, probably. He doesn't know. I, I It leads me to believe that he doesn't know. Um, I could be wrong, of I course. Like the too. And the people that are wanting the ending to see the what happens. Some resolve, some resolution. I don't think that they understand that if they did that, 
more than half the people would hate this movie because you wouldn't be able to give them the ending. The right answer. Yes, because there is no right answer to what happens there. You have to do it in your own mind because each one of us is a different person in that hole, right? Some people are Trimagasi. Some yeah. people want to be Garang. Some people are Imaguri. Take Some a look at how this conversation has evolved itself. Uh, we've we've started from one point in, of agreeance and we've diverged, but at the same time, we're trying to come back to a point of reconvergence that we can agree on. And that's kind of the whole concept of the movie and what it's trying to say is that you start off with your, with your cellmate or your friends and your family and then as life endures you spread apart idealistically and uh, ideologically speaking monetarily as well and monetarily but the goal is to somehow come back and have some sense of community after all that after everything you've been through to say okay here's how we can kick it up a notch and move forward forward as a whole is by taking everything that we've learned as individuals and reconverging upon each other so that we can re-expand back out with everything that we've gathered as a community. Now, I, I, I agree with you on that. Um, that's part of the point of the movie. Uh, again, for me, it's all about individual responsibility. Like, there is no just... Death to the administration. No, yeah, that and just there's no justification... <laughs> to how you act no matter what no matter what situation you're in you still have the responsibility to act a certain way so that's why i say like when you're like we all want to be garang i guess or most of us do and i would like to think that in the face of starvation i would not turn into trimagasi i would not do that but i don't know i i have to be i have to be doubtful enough since i've never been placed in that position on how i would do all I can think is I've seen this movie. I know where it can you do. You can train yourself. You can you try can to go train. on a fast yeah. for a oh, couple I, of weeks. I get it. But remember, people, when they're about to die, you know, instinct kicks in. Things that you would not normally do, people have done to survive. They've eaten their crew members out at sea sure. because they had to survive. So there's things that you might have to do. But I would like to think that I know right from wrong, even in the face of death, that I would choose to die a good man and rather... Death. Yeah. than to die a bad one or to sorry to sorry to live as a bad one so right. i personally would like to choose that and i know that that choice is there will i take that choice when it gets there i hope to god that i do and i hope that all my friends do too and i think this movie can help you to figure out you need to ask yourself that question <laughs> what kind of a person am i going to be at the end if something like that were to happen it's a lot like talking to a therapist for two for an it can hour be. It's and very a half cathartic. It, can, it, it is cathartic and therapeutic because it it throws the whole it yeah. throws the whole range of of how people can take the situation at you yeah. it does show you it's idealism mm -hmm. versus realism yes and honestly realism will kill you idealism can save your humanity but can also kill you like what's there's no there's no real complete right answer we gotten there it just yet. depends on the person we right there yet. who we who, need to see that extra hour of footage the sure, director has i know but i'm sure there's a lot of people out there that would choose to be a bad person to live for sure like that's probably most people right okay. they would do something bad in then order you to take live. away you take away the option of that see those kind of things are a little impossible because life itself is death we're going to die one day there's nothing you can do about it right and people are going to be selfish and people are going to try to do 
what they're going to do. It, you can't. Isn't that an interesting? That's, what, what if that's what the do. platform's about? Is just life in general and the fact that's that what I'm, that's from exactly age what it is. zero to a hundred. Um, sorry, I, I apologize if that's the point that you've been trying to convey about what this movie is about. But uh, yeah, what if it's just life in general? And that's it's not exactly the specific sense of circumstances, but it's the de-evolution once you understand that you're going to die. Uh, once you have the click in your head that death is inevitable, do we not all kick on to survivability mode? Uh, yes, most people do. I think there's a few people out there that have Are okay with the it. brain cells that mm-hmm. can resist that, mm-hmm. right? And you have to know it, the but question wh- first. What if you're... What if your wherewithal to know that question and understand it and contemplate it? Some people historically have done it and contemplated death wholly. I mean, some of the religions that are spread out throughout the the world now are from folks, arguably, who've transcended death, whether or not you believe that they have. So what if that bleeds into the psyche of more people? And what if in a thousand years we do beat death? Well, um... I would like to be there, <laughs> but um, until then, it's it's a certainty that I'm going to have to live with, Okay, and I have to be okay with that. I have to be okay with certain things in life in order to operate ideally, in order to operate righteously and realistically. Okay. I have to balance those things because there are certain things, and, and I do kind of see uh, the whole or the platform a little bit like death because here's the conundrum I thought from that is that he's like, okay, I'm going to go in for six months. I'm going to get out. If people were getting out of this place, people would know what's happening. And they'd be talking about it. But nobody knows. So that means nobody gets out of this place. All we know is that there's oranges coming down on spiral things from the top. Yeah. (laughs) So I really do believe that everybody dies in the hole or they stay there indefinitely. And and if you survive and it's your last month, they're going to put you with somebody that's going to kill you before you get out. Like they systematically do this because they can't afford for people. Intentionally. They can't afford for people to get out because it takes their power away. So even if Goreng did survive, he ain't getting out. He's just not. That last level is not a way out. And the, like I said, the ending is so important to leave it up for grabs for people because okay. you cannot satisfy people with people asking for that ending. you can't satisfy people? You, you can't satisfy people with that ending because we're all going to be disappointed. I'd rather have it live in my mind answered rather than you try to answer it, and I'm probably not going to enjoy it as much. Oh, that's fair. The ending was perfect. It actually, to me, was not cynical at all, the ending. It was no, actually inspirational. Same. I found it very... Like, it gave me hope mm-hmm. because that's what we all hope for, right? Like, he'd send it to the bottom to send her back up. Isn't that what parents do, right? We all sacrifice ourselves, or yeah. at least, I mean, I, I can't speak, but this is the ideal that we all want to live up to is that we sacrifice for our children to bounce them up to heights that we could never get to. And that's I find that point. a beautiful notion. And that's the, that's the only thing really to do it for. It's the thing to give up your symbolism. Try to tell the boomer this. Your, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> but I I feel that that was the right message to send to people because that movie was so depressing. As they descend, and I told you about this, one of the, the, the creepiest uh, rooms they come into is when he's feeding this old man broth because he's sick, 
and then the autistic guy uh, kid is eating and he I'm says I'm gonna cut him up and I'm gonna eat yeah. what you fed he's him. like why are you giving him that uh, he's gonna die anyways he's like no maybe he was like I'm just gonna cut him up and, and eat what you gave him I was like and he says it so and nonchalantly there's a reason the kid is autistic there's a reason they picked that level there's a reason cause they're honest yes they're very honest mm-hmm. I've, my time around autistic people one of the main things is that they're refreshingly honest. Yes. And that's why that was super creepy to me because that's probably what, if that's what he was going to do, he's going to say it. And there's nothing they could do about it. I mean, what are they going to do? Smash open that kid's head? And that would just be as wrong. Like, God. And to the point where they go into that one level and that guy's like trying to hide his money. And like, what good is money in this place? Like, it's so, like, I, I love that you say that. And it's an interesting, it's an interesting technique to, uh, when to introduce characters in a split second, tell you everything you need to know about it. the surfboard guy, right? You bet. The samurai sword guy. You bet. You know, it's like it's every single one that. of those are personality types, character development, and and we're often told not to judge books by their cover, but we live in a world where it's so difficult to get to know someone as thoroughly as you need to know that you do have to take what they present as far as a surface level indication of who they are and this is why the internet is very valuable to many degrees when i get involved in conversations with people online i'd like to objectively think that i'm presenting myself as if they were talking to me across the table and that i am engaging with them in the same form and using the same language and the same veracity well i do think it is because i then afterwards put myself to the test and i try to repeat some of the things that i've said offline online to people to people online that's just well, oh, i'm trying to i'm trying to be as I as transparent of a version now most people i though, hold people accountable online for the way that they present themselves you should but that's the thing is that people online are much nastier online than they are in real life then i address the fact that they are nasty individuals and i put the spotlight on them online to the point where i'm not affecting the person i'm affecting this persona this avatar of the person people can't and i'm saying if this is really who you are Here's who you are. Here's who you are telling me you are. No, I, I get it. I but I like that. You're right though. But what what I think about those each piece of item that those people brought, it isn't just the cover because it's an outward manifestation of what they would bring. The one thing that they would bring, like when people say, it's "What would you bring on a desert thing. island?" Right mm-hmm. or something like that. It speaks to who you are. Right, not just realistically. Like what would I do in the prison? I'd bring a I'd bring a knife. Right. So Trimagas, he's a he's a realist, right? He's just trying to survive. But the surfboard guy, like surfing's his life. Obviously, if that's the first thing he's gonna bring. I could keep talking about this movie. You I know. you are very right, and it it just dawned on me, and we should wrap this up. But what if what if the child was someone's item? Because you can bring dogs. You can bring I love it. Oh my god, that's such a real and you know what because one of the things I forgot to say is that one of the reasons why I don't think that Maharo, um, that's her kid, is because her backstory. Yeah. Right? She came in as a Marilyn Monroe type with her ukulele. That's if you're taking the government official's word for I think it. she's right, though, because why would she I lie? Agree. And I, she killed I herself. I think she's right. Like, she's trying to give him as much information, and she's... Even and though we never see the ukulele. The and that's why she knows her, and that's why she got she killed. She knows the ins and outs. She knew her yep. because she's the one that took the the thing for her. That's why she knows her. Yep. And, and that's she's why she now in there, and she's spreading the word about the reality, and the girl has an image that she wants to protect. 
So yes. And, and Miharu dies, what, level 200? Uh, yeah, something, something like, like that. that. And mm-hmm. she's getting stabbed by this dude, just like... Barbaric individuals who yeah. are down on that level. You would assume they were on a much higher level uh, previous because they aren't handling level 202. 212 Plus or they're beefed up well. still. They're not starving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that dude has a samurai sword. Like, I do think I'd probably bring that if I knew what was going. I'd, I'd bring a samurai sword. I think when it comes to the child, it's either a, a very evil, sinister ploy for the administration to stick a child on level 333. See what happened. Yeah, and see what happens. Or it was someone's item and they brought their, their kid I like on that there. one better. I like that. And the parent has died off and now the child is left to fend for themselves. And, uh, unfortunately, uh, the, well, actually, fortunately the child has somehow survived this entire time because there are individuals within the platform itself that understand the gravity of, of there being a kid on that low level. So they actually have helped over time, keep the child alive. That's going under the assumption that the kid has stayed on 333. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if that kid like she understands what's going on like she's hiding underneath the bed but there's no other person there so like somebody had to be there and what happened to that person it could all be symbology i was a little worried couldn't be real i was worried that that child was going to kill them when they were in their sleep because i was like where's the other person (laughs) that would have been a twist i honestly that's what i was thinking in the back of my head because i was like there's no other person in this level who would wake up like how did she kill like, him like what's her thing you stuck me here i'm gonna because does the are kid you have responsible an object? for this the does kid she does ha- not have an object yeah so she might be the other person's object mm-hmm. that and i would think previously that people were too stupid to do that but when imaguri's in there with her dog i'm like oh what a liability yeah. why would you do you can that clearly bring anything you want why would i subject my dog to this place like that's the worst i mean he could just fall off the platform. I'd bring Dogs a jet are kind of dumb. A jetpack? I'd bring a jetpack. <laughs> I'd bring a Tesla jetpack or something so I could just shoot up to the top, pierce through, and well, if we're gonna be at it, I'm gonna fired. take Batman's utility belt because that shit's got everything. <laughs> in. I mean, I might as well scale the building then if I'm gonna do that. Maybe this is uh, okay for real. In closing, now maybe this is this is how you beat the administration. You go to the platform and you survive it and you come back for a second time knowing no. that no, you no, disguise never yourself go back. you disguise yourself as a new interviewee volunteering maybe maybe Garang survives the thing and then he makes it out if you can't make you it get out. out once you go back in then but then you come back as a as a disguised guy and you sit down and you interview and you say okay this time i know exactly what i'm getting in into you start interviewing people to get in there <laughs> yes and my item is going to be something that is going to destroy the infrastructure you'd of- have to take like 10 people and then what you do is you, you go, get your you friends with 10 and people you say, Come. and you bring the charge. I'll bring the C4. Yes. You bring yes. this and we'll yell at each other up the hole and be like, hey, where are you at? Throw it down. And we'll all help each other blow the side off this building. And then we'll, we'll, we'll get ropes that we all have and then we'll get down. This is how the Matrix evolved. But see, this all this this whole plan hangs on being prepared like you'd have to know going in there so that's the one thing that's keeping and, and nobody gets out i'm gonna say nobody. that nobody's getting out so you'd have to go in so if we ever I'm saying people did get i wouldn't out. volunteer i'm saying people may actually get out and that may be the whole point of the thing actually is it's a 
it's a conditioning system, like a concentration camp-like system to produce people that live by the rules. But here's the thing, though, man. Is the outside world even good the outside world is equilibrium we don't see yeah it's the good all world. we don't see the good, we exactly. don't see the world it could be like a dystopian like future where but it's like it's a dystopian shit. future because of what the f- platform yeah produces. The, the platform is just a, another level to it like what, a little bit harder what a little if, bit more simple what if there's millions of platforms and this is how they produce their yeah. citizenry we don't have a ton of backstories about uh who the hunger games were. out there they have like yeah. different districts in each one this is just <laughs> A wide array of where the conversation could go with this movie. Yeah. We've talked for hours on it. Yes, this is our longest podcast today. Good. It, it deservedly so. There's so much to talk about <laughs> with this movie. So, yeah, it was a good that's movie. The platform streaming on Netflix for no charge other than the uh, monthly subscription. Yeah. And this is one of the standout movies that Netflix has tagged themselves to over the course of five or six years they've been around. It feels like they've been around for 20, but they have. But they have. as far as the streaming platform is concerned, five or six years going strong and i hope they tap into these sorts of philosophical movies more often than not because i love it yeah i it was a surprise for me i love the conversations that sparks between people Mm -hmm. i think this was a great uh this was a great subject to go off of even though um we agree and we disagree (laughs) yeah just that fact alone is indicative of of how powerful this this sort of movie is it gets to show you the type of person that you're maybe you you now know that when it comes to handling shit i am going to be the for the most part the garang slash baharat combo of person not to the point where i'm bashing people over the head physically but i will not cease until they at least understand where i stand on the matter mm. and then i'll go down to the next level and if you didn't if it doesn't change, I'm going to do it the next day. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm willing to go from top to bottom over and over and over and over and over again until it sticks with people that. So you're Miharu. You're not, you're not going <laughs> or Bahara. <laughs> Stop it. My mind's getting you're Miharu, melted. man. I- <laughs> I would like to think I'm Gorang, but who knows, man? I, I really like to. I really like to be that guy, even though he did descend into madness, Don Quixote style. Yeah, um, he had his goal and he achieved it, even all the sacrifices he had to make. But man, I I thought this movie it, it is legendary, man. I don't know if I go as far as classic. But That's a modern classic for me. It got it got the conversation started. I'm glad it was trending. It was perfect timing with this quarantine and how we've seen grocery stores and resources diminish yep. um it really i think speaks to people at this time and I, I think that's why it was important to note it during this quarantine um you know if you're at home and, and you're scared and you're feeling like you're on your own little platform mm-hmm. and you're just waiting for that next meal to come and you're hoping that you get the next check from the government or from whatever i mean there there is a way out sounds like you're describing parasite too i'm describing a lot of that movie won picture of the year at the academy and dare i say i think you said this as well i enjoyed this movie more than parasite i I think it was a a while parasite is a more uh it's more nuanced it it is a more thought driven uh sort of well i won't even say that it's a more it is nuanced it's literally the wealth gap i feel like it's more specific yeah it's more specific and i think it's um i like that that also didn't have villains or heroes they were all kind of messed up in their own way i think that's where us as society we're starting to go from this 
black and white, good guy, evil guy, into everybody has their own perspective. Everybody's a parasite in Parasite. Yes, everybody Every is. class is. And yes. what Parasite does in comparison to the platform is it says, well, actually- It's the same. It's We're the parasites. Same We're the, the problem. Level, the level 150s who are the guys folding up pizza boxes, the family folding up pizza boxes to make ends meet, as soon as they get a taste of what life is up there, they don't want to relinquish it and they want it all to themselves. And they bring in their additional family members and they put people out of work who were there to begin with by yeah. lying and by and there's, any means necessary. There's a bevy of these movies. Yep. I mean, we were talking about uh, Sorry to Bother You, uh-huh. you know? these All these movies us. touch us. They all touch on this um, disparity. There's a reason for that. There's and, really, yeah, and, and people are feeling it. People mm-hmm. are waking up. I think things are going to change because there's more of us than there are of them. And, you know, the real question, and I would love for everybody to take this, and I know I've said it over and over, remember... You are responsible for what you do, not the system, okay? Not what situation you're placed on. You are responsible if you're going to be a good man or a bad man. And if you're going to justify it by surviving or stepping on people's faces because you're trying to survive, that's on you, son. That's not on the system. That's on you. So whether the system works or not, you are responsible as an individual to be a good human being. And I think that's what drove home, what this movie drove home for me, Um could be different for others yeah uh, thank you for making this our comeback episode because man we had some Don't bottled up discussions after a month of we've spoken about a couple of movies here and there but we haven't had this sort of discussion about a movie in over a month and i am it's cathartic already i feel i i feel a little vanquished of all of the uh emotions that this movie had bottled up inside of me and uh, I wanted to get them all out and here we are in the film room. Perfect. And onward go see we the platform. go. Onward we go. <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah. See you guys next time.